Let's go down to ringside. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. Welcome back to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. We are here for episode number 103 here on Monday, October 22nd, 2018. Thanks for being with us. I am Joe Murata, alongside the one and only Michael Quinn. How you doing, Michael? Howdy doody. Nice to see you, Michael. How you doing today? Good. Uh, yeah? Yeah, well, not after what we just watched, but yeah. <laughs> we'll, be, uh, we'll be commenting on that shortly, folks, but... Before we get to any of our unbelievably retro wrestling topics, we just want to remind you of a few things. You can follow us, if you haven't yet, on the Twitter, at OVP Podcast. You can also email us at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. That is OVPPodcast at gmail.com. And Quinn, there's a really great place on the internet. Yes. I've uh, heard about it. It's called Facebook.Space. <laughs> yes, Facebook.Space. And we have a group there that these people can join if they haven't yet. Yeah, uh, so to find that group, you go to the search bar on FaceSpace. <laughs> <laughs> and you type in our vantage point dash retro wrestling podcast, you'll see the group. You hit join and kablam, you're in. Remember kablam. that show Kablam? Yeah, I remember Kablam on Nickelodeon. We can yeah. talk about that on the group. Yeah, so yeah, you can talk about that. You can talk about how this group is like Kablam. Yep, you can say hi to Chuck Mess. Yeah, you can. Oh yeah, if it's your first post ever, say hi to Chuck Mess. Yep, and it's very free. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's 100 free. You don't have to pay for it. Nope, uh, it's a free group, just like this podcast. Yeah, totally free. Yeah. And basically, what we do on that retro wrestling discussion group there is we welcome people of all uh, different backgrounds when it comes to wrestling. Yeah. Meaning if you're a big fan of the old stuff, you know, the 70s and 80s and stuff, and you're a big fan of Baron Mikel Cicluna, the one fan oh, of Baron Mikel Cicluna. Well, some people are. You're welcome. If you like all the match stuff, like Japan matches and all that stuff, and the good matches. Yeah, Kenny Omega match. Kenny Omega match, that's fine too. Whatever your background is in the world of retro wrestling, we want you. And we want you there in our Facebook discussion group. It's a really good time. And uh, later on in the show, Quinn, we'll have uh, some detailed information about our Patreon. But we do have a Patreon. Patreon, yes. Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Some good rewards there. And we have friends of the show that we'll talk about later. Quinn, this week here for 103, it is my pick for the Uh, opening segment. Yes, it is. It's your week. I was last week, right? Yes, and uh, we've been calling this segment this season, folks, What's on Your Mind, where each week Quinn and I are just going to alternate throwing out some stuff that's on our minds with each other. And Quinn, last week you were very timely. You were very topical with the Saudi Arabia discussion a little bit, uh, you know, which ventured into old wrestlers coming back. Right, that's what it was really about. The Saudi money being involved or whatever, yeah. And I want to get just as topical and just as relevant because, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we were having a bit of a discussion on uh, certain years in wrestling. You now, know, I and believe this involved raw prime cuts, It may right? have, yeah. yeah. And obviously, this is very important. It's a very hot button issue. So here's what's on my mind, Quinn. I want to talk about which year is better and worse, 1993 <laughs> or 1995. I'd rather lick the shit skit off the inside of a toilet bowl. It's tough. <laughs> well, is it, though? It is. I think there's a clear it's winner t- I there. I think it's tougher than you think it is. Like, I think on the surface, everyone says, well, 93 is better, right? Well, Pablo Mellon certainly does. Yeah. 
I think 93, a lot of people have a soft spot for it, which I will never understand. However, yeah, I think the problem with 1993, Joe, in my eyes, and I know you like 93 better than 95, and 95 does suck balls. It's horrible. Yes. Like, I'm not, like, defending 1995. <laughs> it's terrible. I watched wrestling for the first time that year, but it's not even this nostalgia factor. It's the fact that when I watch 1993, right? Yeah. All I see is decline. All I see is like it's just it's getting worse than it was last year. Whereas ninety five, it's already bad. Like there's nothing to like really dwell on or feel sad about. It's just like this sucks, whatever. So it's more of a status quo suckage versus a uh, wow, this is a radical departure, right? From like, how good it used to very be. Very radical. Hunter Ferguson, all three hundred eighty five pounds on it. Okay, and that's a valid point. However, 1994 was probably decent enough that 95 did drop off. I would say 94, it's got a couple good pay-per-views, but if you watch it, and I always tell you this, it, it's not good. I don't think it's good either. Yeah, it's not. Right, let's shoot it out this way, and I yeah. just want a brief background, folks. This was spurned on Facebook by a discussion with Quinn and myself. Raw Prime cuts. Charlie Messing got involved. Yeah. Actually, Chuck Metz himself. A lot of people. There's like 21 a lot of comments people got involved on this that. recording. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it is, a, a, to me, an interesting discussion, actually, because both years are regarded by most people uh, as not good. Yeah. In both promotions, too, WCW and WWF, right. both are not really well-renowned for their 93s and 95s, but they both had pretty good 94s, which is funny. I would say funny. WCW's 95 wasn't that bad. I mean, Nitro started, and like I don't yeah. know if Sabu was going through tables <laughs> on Nitro. I'd and, actually probably say yeah. WCW's 95 is a little bit better. Only because of like October and on. And yeah. actually, no, although throughout. they had the like, DDP feud with John be bad that was pretty good that feud was good yeah they yeah. had some decent stuff so let's get into the let's do a pay-per-view shootout first of all so we'll just quickly there's some, well there's more in 95 i know but we'll do the big five okay, okay. so royal rumble 93 versus royal rumble 95 they're both they're both not the greatest events i mean 93 has that really shitty razor ramon versus bret that hart match, match is really good yeah it's horrible but as a big bret hart fan i will concede that his match with diesel at 95 is better, better, much so, better. Point to ninety five there, I uh, guess. Point to ninety five for the world title match. Yeah. yeah, the Rumble match itself. I know it's your big sentimental favorite, right? I, I mean, okay, so ninety three is okay. Although I don't like the whole finish with Yokozuna, like well, Randy Savage trying to pin Savage him thing. To pin him. Oh my god, that thing's stupid. Yeah, would you do? You, like okay. With 93, right, the one, I guess, you might have some leftovers of 92 people in it making it somewhat better. It actually, I think, has more star power, which isn't saying and that's much. Not, and it's not much, which is not, which is even weirder if you think about it, because 95s is like the really worst ever. Grin. I mean, it's got, they bring out Rick Martell out of the woodwork Murdoch's and crush involved. Dickie Murdoch, yeah. well done and shit like that are in it. Right. It's pretty sorry. But then again, 93's got Tenaru and Carlos Colon. Would you say this? 93 more star power, but 95 better story. Better story in 95, yeah. yes. And I would also say that the pacing of 95, even though it is like a little too fast, right. it doesn't drag at least. Whereas 93s, because it's still the two minute intervals, yeah. with not anything interesting happening, it drags. Right. So I like the two minute, it's but it's almost not there. like in 95, they realize, like, oh, we have no talent. Yes. So let's put the intervals are smaller. It's yep. actually a good idea if you think For that about year, it. Yeah. It really was, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, yeah, the story's better in 95. Let's go on to the uh, Intercontinental title match there. We had, in 93, we had Sean versus Marty, which mm -hmm. is decent. They had good. better matches. 95, we have Razor versus Jarrett, where which Jarrett is a wins. surprise title change. Never drew a dime. Call it I, even? I, yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's a wash. 95's Rumble overall might be better. Yeah, it might be. The event. 
the event. Commentary better in 93 because it's uh, Gorilla and Bobby. But right. Vince and King were good yeah. in 95. They That's were okay. Fine. Savage with the elbow. Pinfalls don't count. All right. So you know what? 95 gets, I can't, the, I didn't think, gets the nod. You know, when we started this, just this topic, just this five minutes ago or whatever, <laughs> yeah, back I really in the day. didn't expect anything in 95 to be better, really. But it actually, like, 95 Royal Rumble's kind of better. It's a top-to-bottom better event. I personally like the, the feel of 93 yeah, better. I because, feel like this is a more scientific analysis. Well, because, uh, like, I mean, how often can we just sit here and go, yeah, it sucks, yeah, you know, and then yeah. just say that. Okay. okay, so WrestleMania. I mean, that's obviously... Nine is better. Nine... God, they're both nine, bad. But nine is better, right? Yeah. It's like comparing, you know, like diarrhea shit to like, you know, like, a, like a, more, shit. a more like sturdy shit. Yeah. We hope you say, enjoy our very highbrow humor here, I would here, say folks. WrestleMania 9 is definitely a more sturdy piece of shit. It is. It's got a fun look, whereas the other one just takes place in like any old arena, you know, yeah. 11. Yeah. It's just like in a arena, whereas well, this is at least different. Eleven is notably the like, you know, we're, we're doing it at home because we can't afford to go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, like that was the least WrestleMania. I mean, it was a house WrestleMania. Show it was essentially that just had the WrestleMania logo on it and Jonathan Taylor Thomas. It's got the, <laughs> it's got that boring ass uh, Brett versus Backlund I quit match. Yep. It's got a horrible t- tag opener with the Allied Powers and the Blue Brothers. It's yep. really poor. Uh, yeah, it's got a football player in the main event. It's like a three hour episode of Superstars. It is. Yeah. It's it's like if you combine Superstars Challenge and Action Zone yeah. and put it all on pay-per-view. It's that's what this show. is with Lawrence Taylor. Whereas 9, yeah, I mean, look, we got the, the Mega Maniacs match, which I hate. I mean, you got Hulk Hogan pooping all over the show. But I like the main event because I think Brett has a good match You know, with it's Yoko. Okay. It's, it's whatever. Good. It feels bad because it seems predictable that like, Yoko's going to win. Even when I first, ne- I, and I didn't even know the results, saw it. But I, you knew he would win. I was yeah, just I like, know. why would, you know, why would Yoko's going to lose here. No, I thought it was like, pretty good. I just didn't expect the Hulk Hogan thing. Well, no one did. Yeah. And I think overall, Nine's just interesting. It's fun. It's a fun ride. It's fun commentary. It's a unique show. Come on! Come on, you yellow belly! Come on! Point to WrestleMania 9 for that one, right? <laughs> just by a little bit. I hate okay. WrestleMania 9. You I know, know you that. do. You know I that. don't. I really don't like it. I like 9. Now... Because that feels really declining. That's the one thing about it. Well, from 8 it is, yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, now let's go to the Cotter, 93 and 95. The King of the Ring. The, the King of the Ring. The King of the Ring, 95, is awful. Oh, it's bad. So I think... Uh, I, think <laughs> with, I don't even think we need to discuss no. this. King of the Ring, 93 is kind of a cool event, actually. It's, cool it, event. It's the Bret Hart comeback event. It's basically the, we're sorry, Bret, you yeah. know, that you're not the champion now, so he, go have three good matches. Right. And he does. A legitimately good match with Razor Ramon. Not ironically, it's much better. But he had a decent match with Bam Bam or something. In the final, and then a great match with Mr. Perfect yeah. in the semifinals, plus Hogan loses. Right. What more uh, do you the, need? The Hogan losing is funny, even so. though it... Of course, he can't lose legitimately. Why, no. would, he, why would he ever lose? Legit- Fireball photography right. got him. <laughs> Meanwhile, in 95, you just have, like, I don't know, like, Undertaker and Shawn Michaels somehow not winning. Yeah. Like, they're both in the <laughs> tournament. How is that possible? Savio Vega's in the finals, though, Quinn. Yeah, what the <laughs> fuck? I hate that, King yeah. of the Ring. And don't forget, I love to bring it up. The main event is a tag match. Like, it's yeah. 1988 or something. It's right. Diesel and Bam Bam versus Tatanka and Sid. Horrible. So that, and then the Kiss My Foot match with Brett and Lawler. That's kind of funny. It's funny. Actually. I like that it King is. didn't, like, take a bath or something yeah. for a month. Here's my stinky foot, Brett The Hart. vignettes up building up to that They're, are actually really hilarious. Like, King going to, like, are. barns and stuff and, like, letting, like, pigs eat yeah, off his foot is. and shit. Oh, sure, I got my boots on now. That's because I'm letting those corns and bunions and calluses fester and grow. 
And then it brought us, of course, Isaac Yankum because King had yeah. to get his like mouth fixed, so he went to right. his dentist. Right, Big Daddy Dentist. Big and that Daddy leads dentist. us to SummerSlam, right? SummerSlam, yeah. So I know you hate SummerSlam 93 for some reason. I love it. I mean, how can you be okay with that ending? I'm not okay with the ending, but I think it's a great card overall. I think it's fun. I mean, Diviase in the white tights, like, sadly ending his career in the opener. Great tag title match between the Steiners and the um, Heavenly Bodies. Okay. We have a very uh, good little squash there of uh, Ludwig Borga versus Marty Jannetty. America's crumbling. America's crumbling. No, uh, okay, so... Brett here's, Doink Lawler. Here's the thing I, I always tell you about that pay-per-view. Brett Doink Lawler. Yeah. yeah, I know. I know. It's great. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> the thing about that pay-per-view is that ending... It's horrible. Like, it really ruins... The it's whole, really bad. Like, it... I told you this after I rewatched it. I said, like, I liked that show, and then the ending happened, and I literally, like... It was so bad that, like everything about what I just watched was like a race. Like, it was that bad. You're talking about Luger celebrating like an asshole that he won by countout. Right. And like, they're acting like he might have won the title. They're acting like America has been saved and it's not going to crumble Link anymore. <laughs> I will agree with you that the ending is extremely hokey and stupid. Yeah. I agree with you. But overall, though, it's still a much better show, I think, than 95. 95's got one actually good thing, and that would be the ladder match. Well, okay, wait a second then. Is this a case where in both shows, one match ruins it and the other match saves it? Well, Because uh, the ladder match is like an all-timer. Yeah, but I don't even like it more than the WrestleMania 10 one, I don't think. No, but it's it's a really good, like, usually part twos of like a match, if they try to redo it, are not good. But the, the second match of the ladder match duology, I guess, between like <laughs> Razor and Shawn Michaels yeah. is like actually like a great follow-up. It, it is. Yeah, I'll give like, you that. The ending was botched, remember, like three times Michaels couldn't get the belt off. It and doesn't he kept matter falling, though. But it's it's like, cool. Yeah, I liked it. Everyone I liked, likes it. Like, it adds to the drama. Yeah. Michaels wasn't quite annoying yet in the summer of 95. Right. He wasn't facey. He wasn't like 96 levels of annoying yet. Yeah. This is like Shawn Michaels on the comeback trail all year leading up to WrestleMania 12. It was like Comeback. From like, what? No, well, because he lost his big shot at WrestleMania 11, right? That, that's how I always read it as a kid. It's like he didn't make it. And then Sid beat him up. Right. And then exactly. he was like fighting was like his way building back. building back up. He wins the Intercontinental title, kind of to reestablish <laughs> yep. himself. Pisses off some Marines, you know, yep. gets beat up, has yep. a whole angle devoted to him. Tell me a lie. Yep. Trains with Jose Lothario. He Comes re- back he and really wins had a the run. T- yeah, but he did. That he was did. like literally the buildup. I know. And I think it, it, the SummerSlam 95 ladder match was a pivotal like sean winning there's some pivot involved in it no i agree Pivot. Pivot. but i think summerslam 93 is a more fun card i mean 95 sucks what are we doing like the year i mean i'm I'm trying to give it credit where it's due but quinn this is fucking action zone on pay-per-view i mean it really barry horowitz (laughs) wrestles at it yeah but that's during his like he wins a match thing remember that's what that was you have a problem with that? Was it good? Was it good? Was it, it good? Was, it was fun seeing Barry Horowitz win one match and then kind of make matches, one, yeah. one or two others. Bertha Faye is on the card against the Lundra Blaze. <laughs> that was funny. Though. Mabel is in the main event against Diesel. That's bad. And that's I can't, not good. I, I can't defend that. So, actually, a lot of the stuff you named on SummerSlam 95 is actually like, I have like weird fond memories for it. That's okay. I mean, we were both new to wrestling. Yeah. You were wrestling then, so I get it. I still think 93 top to bottom edges it out, though. <sighs> Maybe it's just that ending, Joe. It's like it is bad. That is like really heinous. Can we call that a wash? Okay, that's, that's fine. That feels like a wash. That's washy. Survivor Series now. Yeah, and unfortunately, I think ninety five is better. Yeah, because the Diesel thing. 
the Diesel-Brett match, but also the opener of that one, if I recall correctly. It's a bunch of mid-carters, but it's really fun. It's the one with the one, two, three kid and whoever yeah. else. Is that the is that the dream team thing where they no, the, like mix no. the heels and the faces up? That's another good match on yeah, that, that show. Yeah, that was fun. So that's like three like really fun Sar- things. To be clear, Survivor Series 95, this isn't 90. 95. Yeah, yeah, sorry, we're kind of going backwards. Whereas in Survivor Series 93, the only really good match there is that opener. Right. Where it's like all of our mid-card star power, where it's Razor and Savage and... Uh, Kid and Janetti, I think. Yeah, it's okay. Versus Diesel, IRS, Adam Bomb, and somewhat Rick Martel. I'd say IRS being involved does bring it down a little a bit, little much. but, but yeah. overall that's good. But then, man, for comedy, ninety three all the way because of yeah. the heart match. Yeah, the, and, <laughs> Bobby the heart Heenan, match yeah. is great. However, the whole like Backlund thing. No, oh wait, 94. that's ninety four. I'm sorry. Okay, good. That's good for ninety three. Like, <laughs> no, but however, I was gonna say the. Attempt at comedy with the uh, four doinks match, which we talked about recently on the Patreon. Now, there's one part in that that's funny, but the rest of it is pretty poor. Is Fatu slipping on a banana peel? Yeah. There's a lot of funny shit, actually, in that. Fine. There's also the main event, which I hated at 93. The main event is the All-Americans versus yeah. the Foreign Fanatics. Mm. Horrible. That's like the, that's the one with the Undertaker with the American. Yeah, American yeah, coat. fuck that shit. Yeah. Like, since when is he an American hero, He's the Undertaker? Not, that whole thing is really shitty because yeah. it sets... The only thing it does that's good is it sets up Yoko Undertaker. Yeah. But it also sets up that horrible Borga versus Luger feud. It, it's sad to me that... I don't know why. Maybe it's because the heart stuff and like the Undertaker, but like he's like sort of Wild Westy that I confuse Survivor Series 93 and 94 as the same event. They're both disappointing. Yeah. Like, honestly. Yeah. Like, it's like I almost said to you, it's like, remember when Chuck Norris was in Survivor Series that 93? Was 94. Yeah, exactly. But would you like blame me for mixing them up because they're like it's very bad would i blame you for having a temporary lapse in memory from something from over 20 years ago no no other okay, people yeah. might but i wouldn't no cause... but i just think that says something about both those shows yeah like, i think honestly 95 is better yeah okay holy shit so it's like two to two but we have to get now into you know to wrap up just here. to wrap up the nitty-gritty of the year the overall feel of 1995 is worse to me i mean yes. like you ever watch raw in 95 it sucks for the it's most almost part. like the fallout from these t- this like 93 downturn that started. It's like not t- I always say it this way it's like 93 is the cause of why 95 is bad. Maybe like it's it's like the nuclear bomb went off in 93 in the wrestling world and like basically 95 they're living in like the fallout. Yeah, but like, Quinn, let me ask you a question here. Raw is fresh and much better in 93, so than it is in 95. Yeah, but by the end of 93, doesn't it, like, it's in the hangers yeah, and all that? Yeah, but consistent, no, like, that's like 94 when it starts to get in the hangers. But throughout 93, <laughs> Raw was fresh and different. Superstars is better in 93. Right. Challenge is probably I, better. I will give it that. Mania, yeah. <laughs> that's bad in both years, yeah. but I like, at least in 93, it was new, but it's not good. Hey, how you doing? My name is Todd Pettengill. The name of the show is WWF Mania. This sucks more than anything that has ever sucked before. What about Mania versus Action Zone? Which one are you picking? Glass Table? Yeah, fuck Glass Table. <laughs> With Doc. Doc and the chin and yeah, all that. That's what no, he has a picture I'll give, of. I'll give you the, the overall the feel. So, like, it's surprising to think that 93 doesn't just overwhelmingly blow 95 right. out of the water because to me, 95 is truly like. It's like cut off from like the hips, like immediately, or yeah, from, I mean, it's whatever starts, the term is. It's I, like I don't know what the term is. You know what I mean? Like it's, handi- it's like handicapped yeah. in such a way, like in a sports kind of way, like handicapped. Like it's, it doesn't stand a chance. Is right, what you're trying to say. Stand a chance, Kamala. By all 
you know measures of measures, success yeah, yeah. i don't know <laughs> yeah and by all measures it shouldn't have a chance but the pay-per-views are actually like they're decent they're, some of them there's, there's some of them that are now, decent the in your heises aren't for yeah, the most oh, part well that's the part where it's like yeah and fuck the, that and the weekly tv is much worse it's than 95 poor. right and but i mean both had their share of shitty gimmicks 93 and 95 yep. not to mention 94 we know that did too but both had like shitty gimmicks for every repo man there's a you know a mantar yeah it's like there's a balance of the shit yeah the goofy the hokey that some people like i'd say though that ultimately it comes down to this quinn diesel and yokozuna were the two champions mm-hmm. those years for the most yep. part i unfortunately have to say that i think yoko as champion was better than Diesel as champion. And maybe we'll get to talk about That's that. That's very hard to say in my eyes. Diesel because sunk. I will say Stunk. this about Diesel. While I do think he's a poor champion, I think you're you're comparing him to like he was supposed to be the new face of the company, whereas Yoko was in a very different role as like this big bad heel champion. A sushi role. Right. And like <laughs> all I'm saying is is like Diesel had some good matches as the champion though against Brett. He had two great matches as his champion. He did have two really good matches. Yoko was not supposed to have good matches. Right. And, and that's, so it, that's the only like thing I'd say there. Okay. Is that I think Diesel's remembered as a disappointment, whereas Yoko was never really, no one ever thought he was going to be great. That's fair. Like, you know what I mean? And hopefully, again, we'll find out who we draw as the weeks go on. Maybe we'll get a chance to talk about one or both of these guys. Yeah. Or maybe neither. Yeah. However, the chips fall. But that fall. was a pretty, I thought, exhaustive um, yeah. like, cover, covering against the, those two years. It's very popular WWF-wise to compare those. It is. And it was on our Facebook group yeah. recently, which is where I got this. This is why it's on my mind. So, folks, let us know what's on your mind. What do you think is better? Pablo Melons, I know you're going to say 93, but the rest of you all out there, what do you think is better, 1993 or 1995? Put them head-to-head in your own mind. What do you like better? What feels better? What's more interesting to rewatch? Quinn and I have given you what's on our mind. Let us know what's on yours, but Quinn, when we come back, it is Royal Rankings Week 3. We're going to find out who drew the number five and six spots. That is coming up right after this. If I was stranded on a tropical island and I could have only one meal, what would it be? It'd be this, a Wendy's Old Fashioned Single Combo. It has all the things I love. A Wendy's Quarter Pound Single served hot off the grill, an order of Biggie Fries, and an ice-cold 20-ounce drink. It's the best meal you can have, certainly around here. And now, Wendy's Old Fashioned Single Combo is just $2.99. Yeah, this is all I need. And maybe a big boat. I miss you. I love you. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here for episode number 103, Monday, October 22nd, 2018. Glad to be with you guys. And Quinn, before we get into the Royal Rankings, did you know we have a Patreon? Whoa, Patreon? What's that? Well, that is a website that you can go to. It's uh, patreon.com slash OVP podcast, and you can donate. You know that, Quinn? They can donate if they want to. If, if you want. You know, you we, don't have, we don't go to your knock on, we no. don't knock door to door and no. be like, uh, donate to our Patreon! <laughs> There's no telemarketing. Yeah. We don't make you watch uh, TV with us for 20 bucks. Yeah. You know, we don't do things uh, like, like that. Some, some, some other people yeah. do that. I don't know who they are. So, uh, Quinn, if they do this, there's three tiers. Did you know that? 
And yeah. I'm not talking about Tears for Fears. Oh, really? No, I'm not talking about that because that'd be silly. Is that playing in the background right now? I don't know. Is it? No, yeah. let's take a listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, for the $1 tier, that's just a dollar, a dollar, $1 a month. What you get is you get to see the raw video of us making each and every weekly Monday episode. That means you get to see Quinn's North Face that he's wearing right now. Yeah, with the yellow logo. Purple t-shirt under that? Is that what that uh, is? Yeah, purple. Purple. Wearing the Correct. colors of right. Mabel. Uh, yeah, the Mabel colors, obviously. <laughs> my, my favorite wrestler. <laughs> Representing Men on a Mission. Yeah. So what you get to see is all the in-betweens when we take breaks and stuff like that before we start the show, a little bit afterwards. And of course, anything that hits the cutting room floor. That's a patreon.com slash OVP podcast on the $1 tier. But Quinn, there's a $2 tier also. Well, only $2. That's, that's it. That's so cheap. That's <laughs> it's. I think all our tiers are cheaper than a cup of coffee. I, they, I think they all are, yeah. actually. Now, for 2 bucks, not only do you get the raw video every single Monday, every other Friday, you get our old favorite segment, you know, the fan favorite segment for so long, Mount Rushmore and Death Valley Extra. And that is where we actually get into some weird topics, yeah. stuff from the suggestion list. Quinn, recently we did uh, Doinks. Yes, doing the the most popular one I think we've done yeah. on the, the Patreon. There. Maybe uh, that'll be surpassed by hats eventually. Maybe. We'll see how that goes. But the but doinks, everyone was looking forward to the, yeah, doinks, the doinks. Now you can know the top four doinks yep. and the bottom four doinks. The bottom four doinks. So that is for $2. Every other Friday, it's an audio podcast. It's about an hour, and we do the Mount Rushmore and Death Valley Extra. It could be something weird, wild, wacky, or maybe conventional. You'll have to check it out for yourselves and see. And for one more dollar, Quinn, that's right. We max it out at three bucks. Yes, three dollars. So we're still under the coffee price. We are under like a standard coffee price these days. And that's one coffee a month that you got to give up. One coffee a month to get all this stuff here. So not only do you get the raw video, not only do you get Rushmore and Death Valley Extra every other Friday, Quinn, but on the other Fridays on this $3 tier, you get to see... Quinn and myself watching WWF Championship Wrestling from 1982, and boy, is it bad. Oh, it's the worst, but uh, that means it's the best for you because exactly. you get to see us suffer Yes, for, for I don't know, half an hour, yeah. 45 minutes or On whatever. On video. It's, yeah, it's 45 minutes. That's how much those shows are. Yeah. I can't even tell anymore. They're so bad. It just crawls on by. Yeah. But no, really, folks, in all sincerity, uh, check out our Patreon. Just browse it, and if, you, uh, if any of the tiers strike your fancy... Uh, we'd appreciate it if you don't it, but if you don't, hey, that's quite all right. We are not doing this for the money. We are doing it for the fun and for you guys. So patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Now, Quinn. Yes. A couple of episodes back, we started the Royal Rankings. Week number one, week number two, and now this is week number three. This, folks, is where we put every week two of the WWF world champions into this mix. We talk about them, and then we find out where they fit in the top 10 of all time. And right now, it is now time for the Royal Rankings. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal Rankings. I've never been pinned for a three count, man. I'm better than you are, yeah. Let me do this again. Oh, it's live, pal. Sorry. I have Prince on God's green earth. You know, I can't tell you how proud I am to be once again World Wrestling Federation champion. And I'm the best wrestler in the world, and can't nobody tell me different. I'll win the championship match again. I think Axe is going to win because I think he's the only one that beat Andre the Giant. Yoko Suna! Royal Rankings Week 3. Quinn, it is time to uh, add two more competitors to the mix there, Michael. It's getting pretty interesting over there on the uh, the leaderboard, huh? It, it is, actually. I'll run that down for you guys real quick. The current rankings 
as of episode number 102 are at number one, Stone Cold Steve Austin. The greatest WWF champion of all time. At number two, Brett the Hitman Hart. Put an S in front of his name and <laughs> you know what I think of him. At number three, Shawn Michaels. Best of all time. Really? Yeah. I don't think so. And at number four, Randy Orton. Young Randall himself. Young Randall. Number four. I'm so proud of him. <laughs> yep. So, folks, we got two more guys joining here. Let us all find out who drew number five. Barack Lesnar. Whoa. The big boys wow. in town. The big uh, guy. The big guy. Well, Brock, he was a... Uh, He's here, huh? Yeah, I, I, hmm. the fans voted him in. He's in. That's. I'm glad you remembered to say that, Quinn. Yeah. I forgot to. The 20 participants that you're going to hear throughout the course of this year uh, were all voted in by you guys. We took a poll a while back. I had everyone post their top 20 champions. There were about 45, 50 names. Right. The top 20 are the ones that made it even into this thing. Yeah. And we're going to narrow down the best 10. Yep. Uh, Quinn, Brock Lesnar. He's been the champion in two distinctive eras of the WWF. Yeah, he's an interesting champion because, you know, obviously he took his break to play football for the Minnesota Vikings and, and beat up people in yeah. the United Fighting Yeah, champion. the United Fighting. What a horrible company that is. Well, yeah. it's uh, And it's, I thought the WWE was bad. Yeah, well, they are. But yeah. <laughs> so anyway, back to the Brockster here. Yeah. He burst on the scene at a very young age in 2002. Yes. And basically beat the shit out of everybody. Yes. Very impressive. I've never seen a guy like just walk in like this. Brock Lesnar. Paul Heyman. What's next? You know what's really weird about Brock Lesnar? I remember when he started and I am not a usual reader of the sheets or anything, but I heard rumblings before he was even signed like or like when he was signed. Yes. Yes. That like this was a big deal. There's this guy and he's like a He's like a man beast and like it's not it's NCAA not, champion. Right. It's not like the normal like beast character. Like right. they are going like whole hog with this dude. Like he is gonna just win the title immediately. And I was like, come on, really? There's like the rock and shit. Like right, what are right. you talking about? And I gotta give them credit in the post steroid era, because that obviously definitely yeah. ended in the nineties. Obviously no one ever did steroids <laughs> after the early nineties. But anyway, you know, in the post steroid era, where you know, by O two, we've already had our fill. And our influx of the younger, smaller, talented, high-flying, or the best of the technical and the high-flying. Yes, of course, the technical and the high-flying. But like your Jerichos and your Voldemorts and Sean Nichols, yeah. you know, and all those guys, that has already been established. Hitman Hart. Hitman Hart, Hitman Clark, even. Yeah. Brett Hitman Clark. Now, in comes Bork Lesnar, and this guy is six whatever, you know, yeah. six four, six five, two eighty, let's say unique look even at the time even yeah, in 02 he had traps on traps he had so many traps he was one of part of the von trap troop there you know <laughs> at the SummerSlam 02 it all came to a head because the rock who was kind of on his way out he was right. becoming hollywood rock and the fans were getting tired of it like legit tired Although of hollywood it hollywood rock was pretty hilarious when he came back in 03 yeah. it was incredible yeah. brock lesnar beats his ass at SummerSlam 02 and wins his first world title In 02, Austin had taken his ball and gone home. The Rock was about to head out. Yeah. Now this new guy is the world the world champion in I, 02. I was pretty stunned to hear this news because this is when I was starting to phase out. Yes. I, I might have seen this. I was phasing as well. Yeah, I, I, 
I somewhat remember this, but um, yeah, this is really weird. Like this Brock Lesnar guy just comes in and he beats The Rock of yeah. all people. Like really? He beat Hogan before that too, not for the title, but he beat Hogan. He right. beat everybody. Yeah. And he was managed by Paul Heyman. Were they trying to do a Goldberg thing here, sort of, where he was just going to yeah. just burst in and just beat everyone? Yeah, I mean, it's not like that. Yeah, it's not like they were trying to be unique with the concept of a monster, because yeah. that's not new. Right. But it was new for them. They hadn't had someone like that in it, a long time. Yeah, yeah, the look really did help a lot. The here. look, the legitimate wrestling background. Right. And it was only natural that he'd be put into a feud with Kurt Angle, which he was after right. dropping the title to Big Show. Angle won it. And then, of course, Brock Lesnar famously like almost broke his fucking neck. And one of the most <laughs> winning like, it. Uh, like acrobatic things I've ever seen a man that size do in my life. Shooting Star Press at WrestleMania 19. Right. Yes. Um, almost botched it. I looked at him not only as a, like a monster, but he was like a super athlete. Yeah. Like something that is like once in a generation, you don't find this everywhere. Right. This was new. This was now the Brock Lesnar era, so to speak. And he went back and forth with Angle in the title and then kind of famously lost it to Eddie Guerrero in February of 04. And that was the end of Lesnar's first world right. title trilogy there, I guess you can call it. Right. And that's when he started to leave, right? He left it right after WrestleMania. But overall, that first like year and a half there where he was pretty much the main world champion on and off. That was an interesting time, even though it's not a well-regarded overall era. I think we should also note that during that time, um, he was uh, named the Undisputed Champion, which this is when the brand split happened, and I think that's notable to the title's history. Brock Lesnar was the champion at the time of the split, and they went with a like a traveling champion gimmick where he was the undisputed WWE champion. There was no champion on Raw for a couple months. You're right about that. He, and then, he was the Raw champion, and he was the SmackDown champion. And then once it split, Triple right. H was the That's first big gold. That's when they split it off. Yes, yeah. you're correct about that. That's, that is worth noting. So now we got to go all the way ahead now, Quinn, to 2014. Lesnar's been back for a while at this point. He has beaten The Undertaker. Now, it started with that horrible, like, Triple H yeah. beats him for some reason. That was dumb. Because Triple H... And then the feud but, with but, like that yeah, literally because is Triple H. because Triple H. And then he has the feud with Punk, and that kind of steps him up. And then he beats Mark Henry and Big Show up. Yeah, they haven't beat up big ass yep. people to, to kind of establish like, no, this guy like was in UFC and yeah. shit, and yes. like he can really hurt people. So this is the version of Brock that beat the Undertaker, and this version of Brock in 2014 Holy was shit. so well booked and promoted because now they have a legitimate commodity. Now you have a real name. A right. legit cred here. So when they start really kind of going the course with Brock Lesnar here, I think is when they have him beat The Undertaker. Absolutely. Absolutely. Even though that's not part of the title reign, I think that's part of what began this title reign. Yes. It, it, like on a, because Brock only has like four matches a year or something. Like, <laughs> yeah, like you have to look at that first as like the launching point. Right? It is. Like, it's what got him to the point where he fought Cena. Right. And let's talk about that match, Quinn, because you and I watched this as it happened. Yes. It was very well promoted. Holy shit. Okay, so SummerSlam 14. Me and you, we don't like a lot of modern wrestling, right? But we were like, man, John Cena is the champ. And we love John Cena. Yeah, by fourteen, this, we by did. fourteen, we were like, "Yeah, John Cena is fucking awesome." Yeah. Like, yeah, like, and we were like, "Man, what's gonna happen here?" He like beat the Undertaker. He broke the streak. Is this match probably gonna be incredible? Like, right, because John Cena was damn good in fourteen. Right, and John had just recently kind of came back 
you know. Yes, he was. He kind of had to get the title because yeah. of the Daniel Bryan vacation. I'm yeah. not saying that funny, but like right. he vacated it, the right. vacation of the title. So they needed to fall back on Cena. Right. Cena was always a good fallback to have. Especially yeah. he still is in he my still eyes. Always but, is. Yeah. So. Brock and Cena, you know, the, the infamous blood, urine, and vomit, vomit yeah, promo. So, yeah, the, the, he cuts a promo <laughs> saying he's going to leave him in a pool of blood, piss, and vomit <laughs> or something. so funny. I'm going to leave him in a pile of blood and urine and vomit. <laughs> it, it, it was funny is they kept replaying that, <laughs> yeah. that, that vignette during, like, the show. And with Brock's dumb voice, blood, urine, and vomit. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds stupid. But anyway, the match happens, Quinn, and what the hell happens here? Um, in one of the most weirdest WWE title matches I've ever seen in my life, Brock Lesnar beats Cena, but not only does he beat him, Cena gets not one piece of offense the entire match it's for amazing. like 30 minutes. It's a long time. Yeah. Like, it's actually long. Which is on purpose yeah. by design. Literally, it was written yeah. to hit the point home that this guy was miles Ahead of John Cena and not just John Cena because in, John Cena in turn every single person on this roster. Yep. And which he, had never been done before. Had never been done. And you know what? It worked because the run that Brock went on to have for the rest of 14 into 15, which would include probably his best match that he ever had, in my opinion, at Rumble 15. The defense where, against the triple threat. Yes. Yeah. Rollins and Cena uh, yeah. versus Brock where King with a Jesus. Yeah. And all like that. Seth Rollins <laughs> did like a fucking like 960 flip or something. I don't even remember what. Yeah. Okay. But some kind of flippity dippity thing like off the top. Yeah. Like, onto the table. Yeah. Yeah. It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. And this is before Brock was played out as a part timer like he is now. And right. some people are sick of it. But. Back then, man, Brock was an attraction, you know? Right. I mean, he was throwing car doors across the arena. Yeah, and like, that. Like, that, that that always stuck in my brain because I'm like, that's really heavy. Yep. Like, have you ever picked up a car door? Like, <laughs> Not really. Yeah. And then at WrestleMania 31, he was fighting Roman Reigns, beat the shit out of Roman. I give Roman a ton of credit for the way he sold that whole beating. It was okay. well done. But it did, at, at the time, even like, even with the negativity against Roman Reigns, it still didn't feel like, the way they had established Brock and the yeah. way he beat Cena was like, come on, really? Yeah. Like, it's like, he, he really shouldn't have a chance. And in the ultimate screw finish, Rollins cashes in, pins Roman Reigns. Right, he doesn't pin Brock. And that's how Brock's title reign is ended. And I know, Quinn, knowing you, you're going to want to just mention something before we get to the next participant here about the next night on Raw after Brock the lost the title. The next night on Raw, I included as part of it because in the commotion, afterwards it's the epilogue the epilogue right is that basically like brock wasn't pinned in fact he was just kind of like phased or something yeah. like stunned on the outside like and this this loser comes in and gets gets the title off yes. of him right by pinning not even him right, <laughs> right. so Very brock heel. comes all mad the night after wrestlemania to raw paul Heyman cuts one of the best promos of his it life really first good. of all like for brock and basically, he, at the end of it, he's like, we want the title match now. You yeah. know, like every other champion in this modern era, yeah. he, he's afforded a rematch. Right, right. right yeah. So Michael Cole is the interviewer and Roman Reigns or Seth Rollins comes out. Right. And he's like, oh, I could defend it. Blah, blah, blah. You know what? I'll defend it. And he's like, and then he like limps and he's like, oh, you know what? My foot hurts from curb stomping Roman Reigns last night or whatever. And then all of a sudden, Brock goes in this rampage. He beats up Michael Cole out of his shoes. Right. <laughs> he beats up a cameraman. And then Stephanie's like, stop! Yep. Stop! 
<laughs> yep. And then like it gets like really scary for a second because he like he gives Stephanie like a look like, like he's gonna like yeah. he's gonna do something to her. Been great. And then like and then at the end of it when Stephanie suspends him if he won't put the cameraman down, he does. He puts him down, but into the F5. Yeah, I remember that. And then, like, the crowd, like, after Stephanie walks away and he has to leave for a couple months, <laughs> the crowd's, like, F5 him again. Yeah, the I remember. And he does it, and yep. then he gets, like, a big cheer and leaves it for six good. months. And that was the end of Brock Lesnar yeah. as the WWF World Champion, folks. And before you ask, in case you missed it last week, we are only counting the lineal WWF Championship. Every title Brock had after this was the universal. Yeah. Uh, so what doesn't count here is the universal, the big gold belt, nothing but the lineal from Buddy Rogers until AJ Styles, you know, right. the WWE World Heavyweight Championship, whatever name it's called, now WWE Championship. That was it for Brock. Uh, we'll analyze him when we get to the ranking point, yeah, I guess. Yeah, but that was a pretty strong showing there from Brock Lesnar. Overall? Yeah, I, I, both, go, going over both it with sides you of it. was actually pretty... Mm, wow, he, he did might well. have a really good chance here. <laughs> I'll tell you this: a lot of people voted Brock into this. Yeah, a lot of people voted for him. Okay, but Quinn, let us all find out who drew number six. John Cena. What the now, hell? Now, this is real, folks. This is actually random. You can see this on the Patreon Raw video. Yeah. That's when we draw the numbers. It's 100% random. We did not pair these two up. Yeah. Promise you. I mean, last week it was Austin and Orton. Like, we wouldn't yeah. pair them up. John Cena, Quinn. Now, the, <laughs> now, this guy had the title, like, I don't know, 49 times. So, so we're not going to talk about every reign. 13 title reigns in the WWE Championship. Well, I'm not, we're not getting right. the world heavyweight belt. So in the lineal. But I just want to briefly recap, like, the early years, like, what established him right. was, you know, he had been a heel rapper, like a white rapper, ironically. Yes. But then that turned him face. And he right. was Everyone great. liked it. It was fun. And at WrestleMania, your boy is going to open some eyes. They call me Johnny Starbucks because I'm the whole franchise. Right. We get to WrestleMania 21. And he finally dethrones fucking JBL. Fuck JBL. That, <laughs> right. That was like the title reign that everyone wanted to right. end. Like, so it was, it was perfect. It was like, oh, God, this guy. Right. Like, so yeah. it's like, holy shit, great. John Cena's a champion. And then within a few months, they're like, oh, I don't want John Cena. And we don't like him yes. anymore. So this always made me sad. It started this whole, right at the beginning of his I, reign. I, I hate this. I hated looking back at the time. I'm not going to like act like I wasn't on that bandwagon. Everyone that I knew was. I, we all were. Like even you, even yeah. me. Like, there was just something about about how they did it. It was something like it was just like we're going to establish that he's Hulk Hogan and fuck yeah, you. Like, I, like basically is what happened. I mean, we used to call him John Hogan, right, you and we, me. Yeah, we used to call him <laughs> very, John Hogan. Very creative, right, folks? But I do want to mention that what gets lost in all of the Cena hate is the these things. We have to kind of brush through some of Cena's stuff because he has so much. But well, I think the first thing that he runs into the, is, is, is Edge. The right? Edge feud. Yeah. Right. That was incredible. Right. That is a great feud for that period of time. Edge beats him like shittily with the cash in. Yeah. And this was almost like nearly a year after Cena first wins the title. January of 06. Yeah. So Cena had this long ass run. Edge of all people, finally wins the world title. And boy, oh boy, did this start an epic yep. feud between these two. They were rivals. Yep. And I thought this elevated Edge. It definitely did. Like, Cena didn't need to get elevated. Right, And but I thought, I mean, this gave Cena... 
it Cena, gave him his Savage and Hogan, basically. Right, yeah, it gave Cena his Savage, uh-huh. and it also showed that John Cena could elevate someone. Absolutely. And then, one of the best things, after Cena had won it back at Royal Rumble, I got, I love this, and I don't like that much from this mid-2000s period. Yeah. One Night Stand Part 2, where Rob Van Dam versus John Cena, and Cena's getting the shit boot out of him, and he plays to it. Yes, Cena is... He's, he's so good! He really needs to be commended how yes. he navigated this right. period of time. Because we look a lot at it through the eyes of, you know, when we were there. Right. And how, fuck John Cena, we hate John yeah. Cena, we right. don't want no John Cena anymore. And honestly, John Cena remained a respected player during all of this. Yes, he did. He was awesome. There's nothing bad I can say about him looking back at it from a retro yeah. um, perspective because he played his role to a T. Right. Like, this was perfect, too. And whoever wrote this whole thing, yeah, the RBD thing made total oh. sense because here's a guy representing ECW, yep. something everyone wanted back. Yep. They wanted their damn ECW, and we're going to get it. And then Vince ruined it. But, um, <laughs> but RVD did. beating him, what a great way to kick off ECW if they were trying to relaunch it. Yep. You know, like, Which they were. Yeah, it was perfect. And Edge, of course, gave the assist there. And then Edge wins it from RVD. Cena wins it back. And then this is like Cena's long-ass run. September of 06 until he tears his peck. Right. In October oh, of 07. This was, now, wait, was this the elbow nuggets no. one? Okay, <laughs> that's I, later. Okay, we'll get to that. But Cena in this run, yeah. despite this being the height of me being like, fuck John Cena, I want to mention a few things here. Cena, Rikishi, uh, sorry, Rikishi, Cena Umaga from Royal that Rumble. That was pretty good. Cena Michaels at WrestleMania. Cena Michaels in London after WrestleMania. Yes. Right? Also, yeah, just the whole Shawn Michaels involvement. Yeah, like the accidental. Okay, so Triple H gets hurt or something after. My quad. Yeah, my quad hurt itself. uh, (laughs) And then, like, Cena's like, oh, man, I got no one to fight at WrestleMania. And they're like, eh, Shawn Michaels, what are you doing? And, and, like, Shawn Michaels. Uh, 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 okay and then he's like let's have a five-star match uh, uh, okay and then they just do like this is to me where like john cena is like the fucking shit man and like sean michaels you combine the two and you're like fuck if this was the feud all along I would love John Cena forever. Like, yeah, man. Oh, my God. And remember he let, like, well, he let Michaels beat him in the non-title after WrestleMania. Yes, he beat him. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. They had, like, two matches and both yeah. of them won. It was awesome. Oh, my God. That so, was actually some good stuff there. Cena's 07 is very underrated. He even had a, he dragged a good match out of Lashley when they were trying to push his sorry oh, ass. remember that. Remember yeah. that? Then he comes back at the Rumble. Right. Okay. Now so he's not that, the champion. Now so that was elbow nuggets, right? I no, know the Rumble that's one. That's later. I promise it's later. Okay. Because the, the Royal Rumble comeback thing. Yeah. And I know we're talking about his title runs or whatever, but that is like very notable. It is. Like now, I want to make mention here. Despite Cena's reputation as always champion, he did not have the title again until 2009. Yeah, that's kind of crazy to think about, huh? From yeah, from 07 to 09, he was not the champion. Yeah. Now he had so many freaking reigns. Overall, but I, don't I think know how he squeezed them all in man, with that with oh seven to oh nine, just no runs. I know, but I think the final thing to talk about, really in detail, is his 2011 run because of what it meant to CM Punk. Aha, uh-huh, yes, the Money in the Bank era. So after Cena not having the title and then kind of having a couple of minor reigns here right. and there in between, he um, you know, I felt Cena had done what he needed to do with. The, the likes of Randy Orton and yeah. Edge yeah. and, I don't know, Sheamus and shit like Ugh, that. I hated that Like era. You know what I mean? Like, yes. So now um, it's CM Punk time. The, the, all these people in between 
Although Randy Orton was a decent rival. Yeah. You know, Batista was a decent rival. Yeah. But like the rest of Sheamus, shit like yeah. that. Like all that all that shit felt like, man, Cena really needs like a real true somebody that could like stand up to him. Another edge. Right. Because I mean, Edge was the, the closest yep. thing to like the anti Cena. Yes. That was the best feud Cena had had. Right. And now we get CM Punk at Money in the Bank. Right. So all this starts because obviously the pipe bomb. Yeah, we know. Yep. And CM Punk, you know, says, I'm going to leave the WWE with the title. Like, fuck this company. Yep. Like, you know, my contract's up. Yeah. We go into Chicago, Money in the Bank. Obviously, we still have that sentiment, even though people are like blind to the fact that Cena's been amazing this whole time. I know. That, oh, fuck John Cena. He's always the champion. It's like, no, he's not always the champion. <laughs> I know. And he puts people over. Yeah. They have this match, this one hell of a match where. Incredible uh, match, Quinn. I think what makes that title match is you're on the edge of your seat. You really don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Because the CM Punk stuff was one of the rare moments where. People were not sure if that was real. It's still real to me, damn it! <laughs> but the match itself, I love it because John Laurinaitis tries to interfere. Right. And Cena, ever the honorable babyface, gets out of the ring and punches him. Yeah. Goes was- in and gets the go to sleep, and Punk gets the clean win. And he sent the letter and I just got right hand by Cena. Right there, I love the fact how Cena performed here because of the fact that through all of this, through all the booing and the bullshit, he never broke his character. He never, like, it was so good. Like, it was the never give up, like, honorable man. Yeah. It comes to bite him in the ass and Vince McMahon's mad at him for it. (laughs) And then finally, I just want to mention this real quick, and now it'll be ranking time. Cena AJ Styles is where Cena won his most recent world title that he had. Rumble 17. That's where he broke the record, right? That's where he broke the record. And that is where you and I watched that one, too. I believe with Donnie. Yep. And we were at Donnie's house watching it. I was very impressed. Incredible match from two guys that are like 40 at that time, too. Not to mention Cena was involved in that Bork triple threat at the previous Royal Rumble. He was in the Bork. Yeah. But how does anyone, and maybe they don't anymore, not like John Cena after this freaking run that he had? You say that, but when I watch a WWE show and John Cena's there, he literally gets booed. I know. I don't. Like, I don't is it for fun now, folks? Fucking get it? Because like, or are we getting old? Are we I getting soft? I like him. He's, he's good. He, he has more than proved. <laughs> yeah, that, that he is like literally like the go-to. He's like how Flair was for the NWF. Yeah, and we're not comparing them as like on the same level of wrestler, no, but I'm just saying, in terms of stature within their company. Right. That It's like if, if shit is broken, he's your man. I agree with you. Like, he's awesome. So, Quinn, are we ta- are we ranking now? Yeah, this is going to be so hard. Rankin's riggers. So, okay, yeah, Rankin's riggers right here. So, I want to just mention something, folks. You know, for each champion we discuss, there's going to be a different way we approach it because when you have guys that have all these multi-reigns, it's hard to get detailed about the reigns, so we just give the highlights like we just did. Yeah. When you have a guy like Steve Austin or Bret Hart, where it was very condensed, it's very yeah. easy to just focus in on the minutia. To be fair, though, Bork there only had like four. Yeah, Bork, That's Bork didn't a, have a normal, normal one. I like that we're calling him yeah. Bork. Well, everyone on the internet calls <laughs> yeah, him Bork, too. So, so uh, Quinn, the rundown here, just for, for a quick refresher for you fans at home. Number one, Austin. Two, Bret Hart. Three, Michaels. And four, Randy Orton. Where does Brock Lesnar fit in here? 
Well, I think we should start around number three because I, I, I he's think, better than Orton. I think he's like we don't don't really need to discuss that. I, I, I is, agree. Is that is that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think so. For for sure, Orton's going to be moving down here. Is what you're trying to say, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is I mean, he, not officially yet. No, no, not may, officially. Maybe, but I don't think. You never know. I think Brock's a better overall world champion in terms of uniqueness. Remember, I was talking a lot last week about being mad, magnetic and charismatic and someone you don't want to miss. Right. Lesnar had that. Now, I will say this. You know, we went through Brock's reigns there, and actually, I kind of, I didn't. It really put me back. And I'm almost rethinking the whole list now. His reigns were actually kind of impressive. They were. They Um, were taken seriously. Yeah. But he didn't have the one, besides that Royal Rumble 15, he didn't have the one really big match. I mean, the angle one is good, too, I guess. Yeah. He's really unique amongst this list. Yeah. He's the most unique looking one. He's the most unique wrestling one. He's a weird anomaly. He can't talk for shit, but, you know, that's okay. He he, had a manager. But he always had a manager. He always... That's he always thing had we Paul never Heyman. Gave, we never said that, but in the 03 and in like the later years, yeah, he always Heyman had stu- stuck with them all the way through <laughs> to this is, day. That's kind of that's like some Arnold Scolin shit right there. Like, <laughs> like this is handler. Yeah, like to, to the fact that he reprised his role like a decade later as right. his manager is kind of nuts. Now, what I have to ask you though, Quinn, is if Brock is better than Sean, he's probably better than Brett, and if he's worse than Sean, then he's worse than Brett. Does that make sense? I feel like Brett and Sean. They're this weird are like, the same. line. Yeah, like, because if how could Brock be better than you gotta, Sean? You gotta you gotta break the Brett Sean line. I think so because how could he be better than Sean but not Brett or vice versa? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but we are just talking about the title reigns here. Do you think he's and a better think, champion than Brett and Sean? Okay, I love Sean. Yeah, but he is always better when he's not the champion. Think about that overall. Um, the second half of his career, he, only has, yeah. he never had the title. He, he, yeah. He, the, the Even t- in 95 when me, he was a world champion. What the title meant to Shawn Michaels was to establish that this is a world title level athlete, but he doesn't need to be the champion. Whereas Brett always needed to be the champion. Well, he always wanted to be. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm saying to Brett, it meant like you couldn't function without the title, whereas Sean could. I don't know about that. I think you're just making stuff up, but... <laughs> no, think about think about the character. The character, the character is about or excellence, the wrestler. quite literally. So he needs the he title. Needs to say he's, he needs an object to say he's the best. Sean just needs to say God's green earth Right, exactly. Times, my I, job. I don't think he's be- Brock is better than Steve Austin, and I actually don't think he's better than Bret Hart. I don't think he's better than but Bret... But I think he's better than Shawn Michaels. Really? Yeah. You really think he can hop Shawn Michaels? Yeah, you know what? Let's... Because Real I'm quick. looking yeah. at, when I think of Sean, just yeah. outside of the title, I think of okay. him not as the champion. I think of him as the, the wrestler. The best wrestler. I don't say who, best, but okay. Well, I mean, like in his in his era, especially especially in the time post-Brett. Well, Sean coexisted with some of this Brock Lesnar stuff. Right. And yeah, you're right. Sean was just an excellent wrestler. We just talked about him with the Cena stuff. Right. Just an excellent wrestler. Sean didn't need the title. After a certain point, which was half of his career, he didn't need the title to prove he was the best anymore. He was just accepted as the best. But I also think that Brock Lesnar was a more can't-miss type of a champion than Shawn Michaels was anyway. Well, yeah. I mean, he just has champion written all over him. I mean, He has a tattoo written all over him of a sword, too. Yeah, he has a sword tattoo. How do you beat that? (laughs) You don't. But I think Brett, you know, I like Shawn as a performer better than Brett. I know you do. But I don't. Personal preference. I, personally, I think Brett is a, like a really good champion. Like he's a guy that. I, I mean, I do too. He's like a 
that's what he is. And like I, a build you your know, company around kind of yeah, guy? Uh, or like I wouldn't at least say that. Like I'd say like proud to be the you, champion. When you look at when I think of champions, I think of like almost like a ranking system and like how like sports works. Yeah. Like, like we're exactly. doing right now. Yeah, but I'm saying like how sports works where the champion represents this like the best athlete. Uh, the top that, of the pack. Yeah. Right? Yeah, where Sean, while he is that, he doesn't need that. To, he doesn't need the object to say that he's the best. That's why I don't consider him a great champion. For someone that does, doesn't need it, he sure found a lot of excuses to not lose it cleanly. Oh! Fair enough, but <laughs> you know I just have to do that every time you bring when, him up. Yeah, but when he was, the, I know. But I'm, the other fifty percent of his career, it was like I'd never want to be the champion ever. That's like, true. Like, and he was still like he would come out, and people were like, "Yeah, he's definitely the best in the." Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. he literally would come out post two thousand two, and you'd be you look at him, great you look matches. at him, and yeah. you you'd think to yourself who the champion is, and you'd be like, "Yeah, that guy's not better than Shawn Michaels." Like. Hmm. Well, one thing's for sure. I, I don't think Brock is better than Austin, obviously. No, yeah. And I've been trying to be very unbiased, as you have too, with our two favorites here, Brett and Sean. I do think Brett is a better overall world champion than Brock. Not yeah. by much, though. Not by much, because Brock did impress us there. I, yeah. I was very impressed. I think Brett had a, a harder job because he didn't have the type of booking that Brock Lesnar did. That's true. Brock was a beneficiary of the booking that he had. That's true. All right, so let's put Brock Lesnar in right now for number three, and then okay. we get Austin, uh, sorry, and we get Cena into the mix now. So congratulations, congratulations Brock to Brock Lesnar, uh, number right three now, for Bre- this minute. Yes. Maybe he, who knows where he'll land at the end? We got one more name here. Yep. So right now it's Austin, Brett, Brock, Sean, and Orton at the number five spot. Quinn, I personally think that when we're talking about Cena, it's between him and Austin. Yeah, I think we have to shoot right to the top on this one. We do, yeah, because uh, Brett is not... I mean, you want to just compare to Brett for a second, just so we can... Um, Brett, well, okay, I, I, yes. I, yeah, like, just, I think... I think Brett has better promos, you're going to laugh at me, because I think Cena's, for the most part, are generic. I but think I do, be- I think Cena's, you know... I think Brett became a good talker, and I think Cena I did. I think that's a little ridiculous to say he's it's better not, than Cena's, because... They're not worse. When Cena's on it, they... There's something that come from the heart about them that I really like. Sometimes I, I am a stupid sucker for that. Like never give up shit. Like I, and that's okay. A lot he, of kids I, are too. <laughs> I'm just saying. I think he's such a good role model. And like when Cena talks and like he gets in that like serious, like his voice is almost going to crack and cry voice. Yeah. Like I really like. I just I'll buy into it. And at the end of it, be like, yeah, fucks. Yeah, fuck yeah, see ya. Yeah, let's do it. Let's beat him up. You got to blame me. Fine, I've been hearing that racket for 10 years and I ain't tired yet. I'm strong enough. I've been called a lot worse by a lot tougher. Like, yeah, but Bret Hart is similar. He's not as verbose about it, but he's got the same mentality. Had that, only that one time where he's like, this is a moment for, for those who never want to give up or whatever he did. Remember that whole thing? Like, when he won the believe, title, you mean? Pe- believe in yourself yeah, or whatever. Yeah, but he, overall, his message was like, just fight to win, you know, and, and don't be a dick and don't well, smoke. And he did all those things other than the smoking. <laughs> don't cheat on your wife yeah, when you're on the road yeah, all the time. Okay. Uh, no, I don't think Tina did any of that. Who knows what Cena yeah. did in his salad days, but yeah. younger. That yeah. means like his I younger know. days. Not when he was, you know. Not his vegan not days. Not when he was in the Divas Ugh. total. I don't even want to talk about yeah. Divas total. But here's what I will say. Cena, obviously, totally different era yeah. than 
Austin and Bret Hart. But if you ask me, Cena's a character out of the classic era. He feels like it. Like, he, he feels like a classic character. He, in- d- he does. And here's one of the things, one of some of the other criteria that we had mentioned, you know, throughout this is the marketability, the face of the company type oh, of thing. I mean... Cena all the way. Yeah. So he's better than Bret. Like, let's... Overall yeah, as a champion, yes. Okay. And Cena had good matches, too, which Bret would be proud of. Yeah. Bret likes Cena, by the way. Brett would have. <laughs> uh, Brett, of course, would like Cena. And I, would, I, I wouldn't even. Yep. I think probably Sean likes Cena. I, I've never seen. I bet you Randy Orton likes Cena, and he's not even like a nice person. You know who probably doesn't like Cena? People that sucked but thought they deserved a spot with him. Right. People, That's probably the people, people that don't the, like him. People in the Indies that never made it. Yeah, or even people in WWE that were shitty but yeah. thought they were good. Carlito. Like, stuff like that. Yeah. The new Samu of this season. I think... Okay, that's fine. So I think Cena hops the uh, the Bret Hart train here. Yeah. Uh, so what I have to say, what i just like to say then, is when it comes to Cena and Austin, does Cena edge out Steve Austin as, okay. as a champion? I... I'm going to say something, and I know a lot of people are going to get upset because... Who's going to get the most upset? I saw people on the boards, as soon as Austin made it, it's like, well, you might as well just stop doing it because Steve Austin's the best or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't believe that. Well, I, think, I might. I, think, I don't know yet. I think John Cena's better. I don't know, Quinn. Okay, and I'll tell you, this is, these are my reasons. Um, Go ahead. I think Steve Austin... Um, while, you know, great for the business and all that, um, fantastic. One of the best things to happen to them. Cena was also great for the business. In fact, he presided over a, an era where they made more money than they've ever made ever, and they sold more merchandise than they ever did. Is that confirmed? That he, Cena he, didn't, has he def- didn't outsell Austin, though. I think throughout his, uh, the thing well, is maybe Cena has longevity. gross volume, yes. but I'm talking in relative terms. I, I, well, I don't know. Yeah. Who would know? Match would know, but I, I don't care who. I can't see I care how who I Cena like more. wouldn't because he had 500 fucking shirts every, every like fucking six months. He's got a new shirt. Well, it's easy to sell them if you yeah. keep making all different well, ones. Well, I'm just saying, but the fact that his, well, long- so did Austin though. Yeah, but the fact that his longevity. Austin had fucking Austin 316 fanny packs. I'm, I'm just saying. The who long- wears a fanny pack no, in the late does? 90s? I'm just saying that Cena's longevity, he, there's no way he didn't not sell more than Steve Austin. It's impossible. Use a double negative there. I don't know what you meant. So he must have sold more. He must have sold more. I'm sorry. You yeah. don't have to apologize. Yeah. I was just making sure I got that right. In my jubilance for for uh, Jubilance. I'm trying to buy time so I can decide who I like more. Oh, champion. really? Yes. Okay. Well, no, he, I, I, okay. Your your points, Quinn, are valid. I'm not going to. Yeah. However, uh, and, but I was going to make one other point about. Oh, Cena, please go ahead. Um, that I think by the time Austin was champion, and I know this list is about only when you're the champion. Yes, it is. Austin's like good match ability was gone. His neck was broken. He was just a brawly guy at that point. Well, 2001 say, against to, The Rock would have something yes, to say not to about say, that. Not to say that he didn't have good matches, matches, but I think John Cena had more good matches. Because he had more matches in general. And he was though, always Quinn. healthy. Well, not always. Yeah, I mean, but he, he was he never had oft a, injured. Other than elbow nuggets, he never had like a... How many times and, are you going to bring that I'm up just today? Say, I'm, just, I'm trying to make the point is that that's not breaking your neck. He never, he never did anything to himself that like his physical ability was yeah was but that hindered. was an accident i mean owen broke austin's neck before know, he was even the champion against austin i'm just saying john cena was afforded a longer stretch to have better match quality austin is a more interesting personality definitely though, than john more cena. interesting but cena harkens back to the hulk hogan type C- cena's a hero austin an anti-hero right right i mean clearly I think that's apples and oranges it's apples and crab apples maybe could you say was 
as was Austin the best anti-hero, but was Cena the best hero ever? So far. I ever know. Yeah. I don't know about ever, but so far, Cena's a better hero than Bret Hart. Oh, yeah. Cena's a better hero than Shawn Michaels. Yeah, I mean... But does do, I'm saying, does Cena's hero-ness stack up to Steve Austin's anti-hero-ness? Like, in that... It in is the, apples and oranges, right. Quinn. It's no, but so I'm, hard to compare. Yeah, I'm just saying, in the field of the, what they are, like, t- character type, are they the best in class? Yes. Both of them. Well, I don't know, because there's other people we haven't talked about yet. Yeah. So it's tough. No, I just mean overall, just because comparing Steve Austin to John Cena, that's all. They're both really the top of what they did. Right. Okay. However, Austin, well, I guess it boils down to this. Austin was like a shot of espresso. Yeah. And Cena was like a cold brew that took a long time. But you know what? It was consistent and it was really good quality. The formula was sound with John Cena. Overall, I mean the fans at the, the time disagreed, the but when fans you, rejected it, but and that when you begr- look back at it. Yeah. They also are begrudgingly respect I've never seen a guy like John Cena where like years later if you look on the internet compared to like during his time, yeah. people look at him like now it's just reverence. Cuz he's fucking good. Yeah, he and he always was. That's the he thing. He always was good. And, and 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 people were just they wanted to bandwagon yeah. on that shit. And guess what's going to happen in 10 years, Quinn? Everyone's going to realize that about Roman Reigns, too, because he actually is talented. Maybe. It's just the booking, folks. I promise you, they make him look stupid. He's good. <laughs> he's talented. I'm not saying he's booked well. Yeah. And I'm not saying he's the best wrestler. But The difference w- would be for Cena in that case is that Cena was actually booked well in certain yeah. cases. I've never seen Much one, better. Yeah. one point at all <laughs> yeah. where Roman right. Reigns has been booked well. It's rare. Yeah. It's very rare. Yeah. Uh, but back to Cena versus Austin. Austin overall in the in the overall like hall of WWE history is a more important champion because of what he represented in the Attitude Era. Cena was like more a consistent champion of consistency though, and he had a very long run as champion like overall. But it's you could so also, tough. You could also argue Cena's importance, and I'll tell you why. Why it might be just as important as Austin's. Go ahead. Cena was the first face of the company champion type in the era of shareholders and uh, PR, Cena was a right perfect fucking representative of his time. You're right about that. He was the most marketable champion you could think of in his time period. He's right. great with kids. The, the, the highest make-a-wish, the highest shit, make-a-wish yeah. guy ever. Yeah. I just don't know if I can put him above Steve Austin in terms of overall but i you, think there's a lot of qualities oh, about cena that make him better than austin as a champion yeah not as, as a, cha- a wrestler as a champion yes as a re- all right fine so like, people uh, don't misinterpret this can we agree on something yeah austin's a better professional wrestler overall yes he's a better talker overall yeah he's a more interesting character overall and ultimately he's a more important figure probably overall yeah but john cena overall a better champion yeah i i can't I, I just can't not say John Cena is. So that's your yeah. official nomination. Yeah, I, I have to say John Cena. I don't care if we get shit for this, folks, because this is our vantage point. Think about it, though. I mean that that's I'm going to go with you. To me, I'm going like, to go with you. I don't think that's completely crazy in any way. No, I mean perspective is everything, and now Cena, you know, we're far removed from a lot of his stuff now. I mean, I. Wouldn't expect good, him to be the champion again anymore. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe one like lone like vanity reigns, like oh John Cena, yay, yeah. and then then he loses it immediately. But like other than that, 
his days are numbered at this point. This is not a put down of Steve Austin and all folks, but Cena's run overall as champion compared to Austin. Austin's a great wrestler. Yeah. And Austin's a great talker. And Austin's one of the most important figures in their history. He really is. I yeah. mean, they No, that's that but that's not to that, That's not, not what this is about. This is about being the champion. John Cena it is. All right, for number 1. Yeah. It's John Cena in the number 1 spot. Yeah, well, congratulations Whoa. to John Cena. So folks, I mean, let us know your rankings here, but it's time to uh to give the rundown here of the updated as of October 22nd Royal Rankings. At number one, John Cena, the best WWF champion ever. Wow. Number two, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Congratulations. Congratulations. Austin. Steve yep. Austin, number two. Bret Hart, congratulations for number three. Yeah. Brock Lesnar, a new entry here at number four. That's, that's very bold. Very number bold. Number four, Brock. Number Good. five, Shawn Michaels. Wow. The fifth best champion ever? Yep. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And uh, pulling up the rear and shitting in the bags is Randy Orton at number six. Hey, still, he's still making <laughs> he's it, man. He's still in the top ten. He's still there. <laughs> number six. Congratulations to Randy Orton. <laughs> so, folks, that is Royal Ranking. Week number three. Be sure to let us know your updated rankings with these six individuals. And of course, next week we add two more to the fray. But when we come back, Quinn, oh God, we're redoing something. Back after this. Hey, WWF fans, you can make any occasion a special occasion when World Wrestling Federation superstars make a personal phone call to anyone you want by name. WWF greetings on call. Hey, who wouldn't want to get a call from the bad guy? It's fun for all ages when a WWF superstar sings happy birthday. Congratulations, get well, happy anniversary, or just delivers a special friendship call. And like I said before, I'm the best there is, the best there was, and... Hello? Hey, Owen. This is Fred calling. Kids, you must be at least 18 years old or have your parents' permission before calling. You can hear the melodious sounds of the Macho Man, too, yeah. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, episode number 103. Quinn, before we get into our wonderful review, did you know there are other wrestling podcasts out there? Are there really? There really are, and they are friends of ours, and we like to give them a shout-out each and every week. Let's start with WPAN, Quinn, the wrestling podcast about nothing. It's actually about wrestling. Uh, okay. It's not about nothing. It's not about nothing. No, because that can't happen. And what this show is, folks, it's hosted by two guys that have actually worked in the wrestling business. One of them is an independent wrestling referee that is currently on an extended hiatus. That would be Mean Mike Crockett. I keep saying every week, I don't know what this extended hiatus is about. <laughs> yeah, isn't I he think just the retired? Hiatus is over. Yeah, I think uh, he's retired. You are retired, sir. <laughs> just accept it. But one guy that's not retired is his partner on the show, Quinn, and that is an actual wrestler in the actual Ring of Honor, and he is actually named the Kingpin Brian Malonis. Wine City Whaler, not Kingpin. Sorry, Wine City Whaler Brian Malonis. And what these guys do is each week they bring their perspective as guys that have actually worked in wrestling, unlike us. We are members of the wrestling media. (laughs) Yeah, sure, media. And what they do is they talk about the wrestling from their perspective. It's a great show. They do a little current, a little retro, a little mix of experiences, sometimes an interview. Yeah, they also reminisce about the time uh, Brian was on Hard Copy or Hard whatever. Copy Inside Edition. Same, Inside Edition. Same, same thing. thing. Yeah. Current Affair. I got whatever Hard you Copy think. on the brain, and you'll know why in a couple minutes. Yeah, we'll have some Hard Copy to deal with here yeah. in a few. But speaking of a copy, they don't copy anyone because they're very unique. So check out the wrestling podcast about nothing, WPAN, every single Monday. 
and check out another friend of the show, one very lonely man. He does a one-man show, and it's called Greetings from Allentown, and his name, Quinn, is Little Petey Winston. Little Baby Petey, live from Allentown every week. <laughs> yes, definitely from yeah, Allentown. Yeah. <laughs> he's, just, he's just sitting in the Allentown arena. What, what was that place called? I don't know. It was like some kind of civic the center. dump. Yeah, American Legion. American Legion dump. But what Petey does is great, because he takes an old episode of wrestling, maybe it's Shotgun from 1999, I don't know, it could be anything. And he reviews it, I guess, but really what he's doing the whole time as he reviews the show is he talks about other stuff, but he does it in such a way that you're constantly entertained. It is very entertaining, I must say. It's a unique show. You know, it's a very intellectual show. It's very highbrow, unlike here over at OVP, where yeah. we're very middlebrow. It's like how Frasier took like a couple of seasons for that to get popular. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, he's yeah. like the first three seasons of Frasier. Yeah. Are we even brow? Are we like unibrow? Are we're we... just regular brow. <laughs> uh, we're just very like... No just brow? Like the most basic of basic. <laughs> yeah. But check out Petey, because he is one quirky, unique individual, and his show is great. It's GF Allentown. Greetings from Allentown. And also check out our southern compatriots. Y'all hear me now? Yeah. Now this is booking the territory with Mike Mills and his crew. And they are south of the Mason-Dixon line. I would say they were south of the brow, too. Yeah. Very low brow. They're, they're low brow. That's yeah. right. They're the unprofessional yeah. wrestling podcast. They're not as classy as we are, and they will admit it. And that is Mike Mills and booking the territory. They go through the Smoky Mountain. They go through the NWA Crocodera. It's a really great time. So check out our three friends of the show. That is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Greetings from Allentown and booking the territory. Check those guys out. But Quinn, as we have done for so long now and we continue to do, we are reviewing something. Boy, we are. Now, this is a request from uh, Richard Land. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Richard. Yeah, this... Richard, you almost killed me before this episode. Quinn had to like recover from watching this. He was yeah. all out of energy. Yeah, I this this really hurt me. This really sapped you of your strength. It was like a sleeper hold. Yeah, it was like a cobra clutch. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was literally. Horrible. Folks, it's the AWF yet again. And uh Can this one be banned? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'd rather I, I, watch I, UWF. I, I, I might allow Herbie instead. Of, at least Herbie's just weird and crazy. Well, Gino Cuddy will defend him all day if yeah, you let I him know. on our board. But AWF, this, is, <laughs> oh, this God. is the sorriest shit ever. It is very sorry. So Paul Alperstein founded this, folks, in 1994, the American Wrestling Federation. We've reviewed it one other time, an episode from early 95, and here's the basic gist of it. They are trying to be, in every element possible, the WWF from about 1992. Yeah. That's what it is, It's Quinn. WWF Junior. It like, is. But, like... From a few years earlier. Exclamation on the Junior. Yes. Like, underline it, that shit. Yeah, it's... Highlight it. Yeah, they, they want to be in the family, baby. <laughs> like, they want to be the Junior of Juniors. They are, but they're really more like the red-headed stepchild, yeah. if you will. And they were somehow still around for this show on October 5th, 1996. Yup. We are months away from 1997, and Pillman this shit is still around. has a gun. Yeah, he didn't buy it yet. <laughs> he might have bought it. He just was waiting to defend his house. <laughs> he applied for his permit. And Melanie's waiting by him. By the shitty fridge yeah, in the yeah, basement yeah. and everything. And Kevin Kelly's peeing his pants. <laughs> Pillman's friends are hanging yeah. out in the kiddie pool. But the AWF, folks, uh, let me put it bluntly. It's not good. Yeah. Like, it's literally not good. It's horrible. I don't know how it was on TV. I swear they filmed all of them in 1994, and that this is just like, still like waiting. <laughs> to, well, they just it, like filmed every day, and that was a, it. There's a very particular reason I think that actually. Yeah, um, we'll get to that. Yeah. Well, actually, let's start it right here. This yeah. is on uh, the Philadelphia F- CBS affiliate KYW3. In case you were wondering, more like KY Jelly. <laughs> K. Why did they do this? Yeah. Um, we're greeted with 
Sergeant Slaughter from like two years ago, the same exact clip. Like, attention, maggots, I'm talking to Sean Mooney, or whatever he says. Yeah. Attention, Americans have the freedom of choice, and your choice for professional wrestling should be the American Wrestling Federation. And the intro, Quinn, very fucking 90s. (laughs) Video toaster, 90s. More like 82 (laughs) again, or more like 87, I'd say, with this roster. Here's some highlights of the people in the opening credits. The Honky Tonk Man. Yep. Remember remember him? Yeah, God, I'd like not to. Sergeant Slaughter himself. Yep. Coco Beware. Nails. Yep. Of course. And last week, uh, Ken Resnick. Yes, they dragged him into this company. Wow, he was here the last time we reviewed this, although... Yeah, but for anyone that's not familiar. Although, it's 1996, and I'm like, he still exists. Why is still there? Yeah. And uh, he introduces last week the latest tag team for the AWF Quinn. It's the Road Warriors. I give you Animal Hawk, the Road Warriors! Wait a second. These shitheads were here also? <laughs> Are you serious? We can't get rid of these guys. Yeah, I, I don't like them. I, I know we've gone over this a million yeah, times. I know LOD sucks. They're Fuck contra- Hawk enough. Like, <laughs> Controversial opinion, but yeah. you don't like them. This is also a review. Uh, the replay is uh, the PlayStation replay from last week, by the how, way. How did PlayStation sponsor this garbage? <laughs> I don't know, actually. I guess how maybe they, they thought them? there'd be like crossover that people watching this crap, which is like seven people would play a PlayStation. Yeah, how many people did watch it? Folks, if you got this on television and you watched it, please actually let us know. Listen, all I, I want to know. All I remember was turning the channels one day and I don't know, I could not tell you what year it was. And I remember seeing Coco Beware <laughs> wrestling but not WWF and I didn't understand what it was and after watching like a match, I guess I caught the end of it right? and it ended and I could never figure out what this show was and I didn't know for all these years until we did these reviews that, this, it was that this is what it was. Yeah, <laughs> uh, The LOD has Iron Man, their actual Iron Man theme by the way That's which is okay. nice. I'm, yeah. I'm cool with that. So uh, Animal says it's great to be here. Yeah, sure, I believe him. Yep. He, he calls out Tommy Rich and Greg <sighs> Valentine who are the tag champions. Are we serious? And he says the LOD are not Johnny Come Late but yeah, they are. They literally came yeah. late. Well, to the AWF. To the AWF, yeah. yes. Uh, and then Hawk chimes in, well, to uh, reminisce about the first time he heard a bone snap and how that's like a fundamentally perfect sound. Wonderful. I hate him. <laughs> so he talks about making history here in the AWF. There's no history to be made in this company. Let's. Can we stop with the nonsense? I know. What is this thing they do in this company about like, they're very big on acknowledging that there's other wrestling and that they're better than like, they, yeah, they act like they're better than the other wrestling. Like, I know WCW a makes trope. a few quips every now and then. Yeah. Not as much as AWF. It's like insistent. They're it's ham-fisted. Like, they're, they're very <laughs> insistent and it's incessant and it's constant. That should have been their motto. Right. AWF. We're better. So anyway, LOD basically says they're here because they've done all there is to do and they've beaten everyone and there's no one else to beat. Yeah, sure, but why? Yeah. Like, why are you here? Seriously. Because yeah, that's definitely not why. It's probably yeah. they needed the fucking money. And then Animal, because he's Animal, he says they're going to kick some butts a few times. And it's where we're going to kick some butts and win some titles. <laughs> I love when he says butt. Yeah. Oh, what a butt. Yeah. So also, Quinn, I know he's been there before. 
why the hell is Ken Resnick yeah, here? Yeah, I don't get it. And he's got the Ted DiBiase <laughs> $95 million corporation, like, baggy, like, suit. And the white turtleneck I type did, of thing. I, did, I was able to explain this the, 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 when we did the million-dollar corporation thing. Yeah, why, why was the baggy suit a thing in the 90s? Because this was just like they were coming off of the, the skinny suits from the 80s. This is how suits work. I mean, they just go from either baggy to skinny, and, like, it's just every, like, in 10-ish per- years. Perpetuity, basically. Yeah, it's like it just it just. <laughs> revolves between it. That's basically how suit fashion works. Thank you, Quinn, for that yep. update. So we throw to our announcers here who are in front. I have to explain this, <laughs> and if you can find this anywhere, you need to look at it. Maybe we can get a screenshot. They're Maybe. in front of a generic like crowd shot. They're supposedly at ringside. Right, but obviously not. And there's literally, folks, a CGI barricade behind them. It's right. not real. It's a computer-generated <laughs> barricade. And the announcers are the same jerk from last time, Mick Karch. He sucks balls, He's by the way. really bad. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this week's edition of the American Wrestling Federation Warriors of Wrestling. And his lordship, Alfred Hayes. And a lordship is in, like, his worst form possible. He's got this weird puffy shirt with a vest oh, on. Oh, God, and he looks like he doesn't give a shit. I don't blame him, but <laughs> I wouldn't either. I never expected a bum show like this. This is absolutely wonderful, wonderful news. So let's go down a ringside. It's the Lebanese assassin who... What the fuck? ...yells like Tatanka. Yeah, he's like... Ee, ee, like, literally, ee, ee, ee. yeah. What in the world was that noise? Well, since he's foreign, Quinn, his uh, opponent here is Sergeant Slaughter. Really? Yeah. Like, and he, he's accompanied by, like, a 94-year-old guy with an American yeah, flag. Yeah, I'd like to act like I'm surprised, but yeah. I'm not. And it, this is literally the same exact, like, gimmick thing from the 95 episode we watched. Oh, the flag thing? The, that flag guy is the same guy. I remember him. It was this old man in, Wait, in jean it, shorts. It's the same guy? Okay, Joe, I didn't say this to you when we were watching. That entrance gave me actually deja vu. Like, it's like they just played that entrance and then they cut to a different match. And I'm wondering if that's real. That'd be funny. I wouldn't put it past the AWF. They were on their way out by this point. Because the old man, like, magically teleported and disappeared. You're right. I he never did saw disappear. him again. Like, <laughs> Can you imagine if that's what it was? even the angle of the camera that came from, like, a low shot, I remembered all of that in my brain, and I'm wondering. By the way, Sergeant Slaughter, this is 1996. He's only, like, 10 months away from being the commissioner and powder and slaughter. Like, yeah, sucky slaughter. <laughs> so he looks particularly fat, and his song has, like, humming in it. It's really it's funny. Very it's very catchy. It's Catchy. <laughs> so the, now I can clip this in. The announcers sound like they're in the public toilet in post production. You are very upset about this. You are absolutely correct, Your Lordship. I don't care what arena this man appears in, they absolutely love the stars. Hi, we're here at ringside. Yeah, sure you fucking are. <laughs> and uh, we get a <laughs> commercial here. Reflection of Love compilation <laughs> CD. It's the best soft rock and two extremely white people Super introduce white. it. And Quinn, you had a big problem with so, the age disparity. Yeah, this couple here is acting very like touchy feely, you know, like they're like, we love listening to this stuff or whatever. <laughs> right? Hi, you know romantic times like this call for great soft rock music. And our favorite CD is this new collection of hits called Reflections of Love. I keep thinking about these two, and then they clip back to them, and now he's got his hand on her arm, and it's like, we really love listening, and they're in their, their, their <laughs> shitty dining room. Yes. And like, I'm like, just, uh, I'm like, wait a sec, that guy's like, there's no way he's like above 28, and, and that woman is definitely not under 40. Yeah, it's... Like, 
that's not a real cult. Like, (laughs) I mean, they're actors. Sure, sure. I mean, I guess people get married all the time, twenty-eight and forty-year-olds. But I mean, well, King does. Yeah, King's on the older end, though. That's very rare. I, you know, not in Jerry Lawler's life. Yeah, it's just like that. That like a twelve, fifteen-year age disparity. I don't know. It's just. I, no, just there's nothing wrong me. with it. Yeah, though, nothing but... wrong with it. It just—it's not representative of America. So like, you're saying this was these are actors, probably. Yeah. You don't think they're really married? They're not. They're definitely not married. So some great songs like "Hopelessly" by Rick Astley, mm-hmm. "Hold On to the Nights" by Richard Marks, "Because I Love You" by Stevie B. Remember Stevie B? Yes, yeah, Stevie B. <laughs> yeah, this is the wrong audience for this commercial. <laughs> yeah. Also, again, back to that guy's age. There's no way he would be listening to this kind of shit. No, he'd in probably, 1996. He'd be listening to like Smashing Pumpkins or right. something. If, if he's like a 28 year old <laughs> yeah. in about 1996, it's just impossible. <laughs> by the way, Anything You Want by Roy Orbison is definitely not a soft rock song. Yeah. You had I, a theory that like they, they just owned it or something. So <laughs> a lot of this stuff from the 90s, these, these compilation albums, I know for a fact I've read stuff on it. Something about how like, it would be from these companies that just would in mass buy catalogs that were because that was a thing in the 90s. A lot of sure. artists were selling their rights fees, you know, to make an extra buck years and years after they were yeah. uh, relevant. That must be what this is, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, so anyway, you can get it on CD for twenty six ninety five or expensive two CDs. Uh, Nineteen ninety five for two cassettes. Allow three to four weeks for delivery. Possible CODs. They didn't mention CODs. Didn't say. Any rules on that? So anyway, Quinn, let's go back to ringside here for round one. Member fight. <laughs> fucking rounds I, why did they do this I don't know it's horrible there's no need for you, it if you really needed to put a commercial in between the match just put a fucking commercial in between the match you don't have to make a rule about it <laughs> uh, turnbuckle cam is in place tonight Lord Alfred calls the assassin the obese one well just look at that some sort of schoolboy maneuver by the obese one but it certainly didn't phase Sergeant Slaughter you said you hate that Lord Alfred has to be here yeah, I feel bad for him. Yeah, because WWF got rid of him in 95. Yeah. Cost-cutting. Because 95 was a shitty year. Why Why did he do this, though? Like, <laughs> like couldn't he just retire? He, like, he, is really old. I guess he needed the cash. So <laughs> That sla- makes me sad. I know, it's not, it's not a happy time. So Slaughter throws the assassin outside, wiggles his ass as we get an insert promo from Fidel Sierra, who's going to put the Castro sleeper on Slaughter. Like, I, I couldn't believe that they actually were as bold to have a guy named Fidel, Fidel yeah. and his finisher mentioned Castro. I, I, I get it. It's That's, a good joke. Yeah, it's terrible. Is Slaughter only allowed to fight foreigners or something? Yes. Oh, okay. Yep. So I should mention that the assassin here has like lilac covered tights and he just looks like a big tub of shit. He's Again, terrible. I really don't know a lot about like Lebanon. Is that like the colors of Lebanon? I don't think it is. <laughs> But like, I don't think it, lilac is of any country's I'm just, color. I'm just trying to say, like, I, <laughs> how does he rec, like rep that country? He does. He's probably not even. He's Lebanese. got a camel on his butt. <laughs> Literally, he does. So uh, he misses the assassin. Does the worst knee drop ever. Even like Mick Karch is like, what a pathetic specimen. <laughs> oh, what a pathetic specimen. Slaughter signals for the Cobra Clutch, Quinn. Can we please end this? I don't want to go to round two. Like, well, I, I'm begging you. I'm getting nervous yeah. here because the clothesline by Slobber and then he signals again for the Cobra Clutch and he fucks around for like 20 yeah, seconds. It's getting very risky with round two. <sighs> and then he finally applies it poorly for the win. I can't believe Sergeant Slaughter is like the Hulk Hogan of this show, by the way. It's very poor. You get the catchy uh, humming music mm-hmm. again. Is mm-hmm. 
whatever it was, yeah. Kids hop the barricade, like a whole bunch of kids yeah, hop what? the barricade. Yeah, it's like Backlund. Yeah, in 81 yeah. in the, the championship intro. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happens. That's literally what happens. You know what the thing is? It's 1996, so I don't care. Yeah, exactly. Like, it, you know what I mean? It's Sergeant Slaughter! What's going on here? seen like chair riots in ECW and shit <laughs> yeah. where like a million people come in the ring. Right. Anyway, backstage, Ken Resnick, folks, is with the hottest new AWF acquisition. He is that up-and-coming talent, the handsome and talented... Tom Zenk. Come on! <laughs> How you doing? Great to be here in the AWF. Why is his hair so short, too? It's upsetting. <laughs> it, it's like Tony Guerrilla hair. Oh, oh God. He, he does look like Tony Guerrilla, minus sailor tattoos. Yeah, minus horrible, like, yeah. cigarette face. So he also <laughs> proudly has on an AWF shirt. I think it sold two, him yeah. and Paul Alperstein. Yeah. each bought one. And, uh, and talks about how unique the round wrestling is. <laughs> what? What does that even mean? The oh, oh, the round wrestling. Yeah, remember how unique it is that you wrestle and then stop for a while? That's yeah. all that's different Sucks. about it. Anyway, Ken regales us with a story of how, you know, earlier tonight he was outside and all the fans were asking him before the show, hey, is, is Tom Zent going to be there? Nobody was asking for Tom Zink. Is Like, are you serious? Like, no one even cares that he's going to be on this show. It's Tom Zink. Are they joking? <laughs> what the fuck? You know that's insane, right? Tom Zink. Like, Joe, but seriously, you yeah. know that's like yeah. an insane question. That never happened. No one asked that That's question. That's impossible. The guy that said Axe would win the Royal Rumble had more to him than anyone that would ever he ask that question. He's smarter than whoever would ask that question. <laughs> Tom Zanks says that he hopes this whole thing gets going. Yeah, that, is that because nobody wants him? Like this is like his only paycheck. Is it, like, is he like, oh shit? I hope this, this company is, stays in business. This is literally his last chance. <laughs> yeah, man, I hope this gets going. So anyway, don't um, worry, Tom Zank. We'd find out the answer soon enough. We get a promo from. The blacktop bully. Don't you dare touch that dial. Or I'm going to shove this down your throat. What the hell is he doing here? Why can he even use his name here? I'm still confused about that. And then he's with some drunken cougar lady that uh, says she's going to bring the toolbox. More on her later. Yeah. Mick Karch tells us, folks, might want to take notes here. <laughs> if you're ever wondering what wrestling should be, he tells us that the AWF is pro wrestling the way it should be bullshit round, Come on, round system this yeah. is how it should be sergeant slaughter coco yeah. beware that's how it should be it's like 1982 anyway the puerto rican punisher is in the ring that's really does his anyone name. not have a name that isn't like some kind of nationality thing <laughs> like, like yeah well i mean there's a bunch of american assholes here later and and 90 other evil for like there's it's evil foreigner or american asshole well, Quinn, it's it's alliteration night because the Puerto Rican Punisher, you know, we just saw Sergeant Slaughter. We yeah. have a Puerto Rican Punisher. Uh, his opponent is the blacktop bully accompanied by the Highway Honey. Now, this is a very interesting woman. I do, I'm fascinated by this, to be quite frank. I've never seen this woman. I'm like, is that Dark Journey? No. Because she's really old. It's not. I'm just trying to figure out. She's almost like Moolah-esque old. Like, it's, it's kind of She's weird. like Moolah in the 80s old, yeah. Right. And so... More I, like wayside like, waitress. <laughs> yeah, I'm watching this and I look it up and I'm like, "Who is this?" So I look her up and I I can only find on the AWF um, oh, list of personnel page on Wikipedia. It's unfortunate. I find I finally find the Highway Honey right, and it says real name unknown. <laughs> so 
I guess this is just some person that just never made it. That is really rare that you never find, you can't track down anyone in a wrestling thing. Well, you were theorizing that maybe she really did work at the Blacktop Bullies truck stop. Mm. Well, yeah, it's mm. possible. Mm. I was thinking, like, she does look like one of those people, you know, at the truck stops. Oh, but, I know, like, yeah. Know how usually a truck stop, there's, like, an accompanying town that's, like, it's almost like a one-horse town. It's, like, there's yes. nothing really there. Right. That's where you and, jingle all the way through. Yeah, it's a one-horse somebody, town. A couple people generally work there, and she looks... She, she pours coffee all day. Yeah, she looks like she works at the, the, the truck stop. How you doing, hon? Yeah. And I gotta say, folks, because, you know, I'm a stickler for this shit. As the show has gone on, I swear the production values have gotten worse. And what I mean by that is the announcers sound even further away. Like, now they're yeah. in the stadium bathroom, <laughs> and the crowd noise is just all horribly dubbed in, like, just the constant... <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking awful. It's bad. Punch, God, wait a minute. Just as I said that, he went into a drop toe hole. A wrestling maneuver. Bully punishes the Punisher as we get an insert promo from the one and only Nails. <sighs> Could it get any worse, Joe? <laughs> now he's got his voice changer That's this time. Good. It's, not, it's the- not the boss man. Yeah. It's boss man. Yeah. He's like, last week I was fine. I paid the fine. He's the judge. He's a jury. He's the executioner, and he's sentencing Tony Atlas to what? life without Tony parole. Tony Atlas. We can't get away. Ugh. The crowd boos like way too much for a bully arm bar. And you said that that's where uh, the highway honey, Big Mama, met him. The bully bar. Yeah, the bully. Get it? Uh, yeah. But actually, we figured it out. The move has an even stupider name, Quinn. It's called the Breaker One Nine. You think that's a stupid name? I think that at least sounds cool. I get. I get that it's like what is that like? Call radio, CB radio, CB yeah. radio, whatever. Or trucker radio, yeah, yeah. Stupid. He, he wins with it. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds neat. <laughs> and at least that match didn't leave round one. Yeah, and then nothing's lo- left round one so far. So that's a good sign. That is a good sign. And then Lordship, he's like, I hope he broke his wrist there. Like yeah, just, Lord is trying way too hard really with the fucking shitty. heel commentary. You were just fascinated by the highway, honey. Though, I, huh? I'm just. It's so weird that you see a person that like is just lost to time. Well, you know what? You think she's dead? <laughs> in all seriousness, I'm not trying to be funny. Just playing the odds, yeah, maybe. I, she was, she was like definitely like forty something, and this was 1996. Forty something—that's being generous, Quinn. You, you think she was older? Fifty-one, fifty-three. So what? This is like twenty years ago. It's over twenty. She's in her seventies now. If she's wow, still around, yeah, but man, oh, Highway Honey, things getting up there. Honey, in age. Yeah, that might have been a dead end road there. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Ken Resnick is with the AW. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> with the AWF champion, and I. <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about Cena always being yeah. the champion? It's Tito Santana. Okay, so if you recall when we last did AWF in 1994, yes, Tito Santana was the champion. And no, this isn't a mistake. It's not like he lost the title and yeah. regained it. No. He's been the champion the whole time. He's still the champion. Still the champion of the AWF. Was he teaching in New Jersey by this point? Oh, definitely. So yeah. he was doing both. He was yeah. a champion and teaching. This is why I'm convinced that this all was filmed at once. Now, to be fair, he yes. won the AWF title in like late '94. Yeah, so he was the first champion. It's very possible, Joe, that maybe within two to three, maybe four taping sessions, that they just filmed, you know, a hundred episodes. What? You know, because it's just the matches. All they have to do is just yeah, do the other shit in post. Right? Yeah, exactly. You really think so? It's very possible. Folks. Maybe six to ten taping sessions. Something reasonable. They got all the matches they needed. Even 20. Yeah. Even 20 sessions in like in the two month span. You know? Every other day. Like every few days. They're all in the same arena, right? This is the same arena from the original Arena? No logo has changed or anything like that. 
You know what, folks? I have two assignments for you. <laughs> First of all, if you know anything about the highway, honey, yeah. you got to let us know. Right. Second of all, if you know about the AWF taping schema, you know, the taping schedule, the way they did this. I mean, Lucha Underground does this, and they don't... They tape a bunch at once, and then they take time off, yeah. Yeah, and they, right. ta- they film like 40 episodes, man, Yeah, like a short span. It's not impossible. You might be onto something. Yeah. Ken Resnick says, match, like really <laughs> matchy. I gotta pull that clip here, because yeah. match. In a match. Apparently, Tito is feuding with, you guessed it, Bob Orton. Not Randy Orton or no, something. Bob. But, yes. From 1982. Yeah. Bob Orton Jr. <laughs> Again. Hat, you know, the hat guy. Cowboy hat. I Crutch. It's, it's upsetting, Joe. No, that yeah, no, it is. No matter how much we, we try to diversify ourselves, we didn't, this was a recommendation. Didn't we just see him in UWF? We just saw him in 82 on our normal shit that we do every other week. And in UWF. Yes. Now, anyway, he wanders out on crutches, and Mick Karch, I have to say this, is yelling over everything that everyone is saying. You're exactly right. I demanded this match, and I'm sure. glad I yes, got it did. after all the insults I had to This is going out. from bad to worse. And-, and then Mr. Fuji wanders out in his old, like, bowler suit and tuxedo. What is like, going on? This really was crazy, actually, because let's just say, right, that this was filmed in 1994, even if it was. Fuji was already in the kimono by then. Oh, definitely kimono time. Yeah. Was this filmed in 89? Yeah, I don't get it. I did, I thought that the, the suit was well since retired. I didn't even know Fuji was in this company. <laughs> How are some of these people in this? There's people in this company that were definitely in WWF recently. Yeah, right? recently, yeah. yeah. Orrin Wax Tito with a crutch over and over again. Karch says, give me a break trying to be a poor man's girl <laughs> monsoon. I should also note that Orton has like a cas- business casual dress shirt and khakis on. Yeah, short sleeves. Yeah. <laughs> dress shirt. Now... Commissioner Jim Brunzel yeah! in like a tie and another short sleeve uh, dress shirt. He wanders out. And he's just like, no, five hundred dollar fine if you don't leave. Five hundred dollar fine. Yeah. Five hundred dollar fine. 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 Five hundred dollar fine. Yeah. What the fuck is he doing here? What in the world are they thinking of? No, I think the fines were levied on Tito Santana for insulting Orton and all that in the beginning. Why is Jim Bronzel in any position of power is more important? What the hell is going on? And on top of all of it, Mike Carper, whatever his fucking name is on the announcer, he's talking over everything. I can't tell what's happening. It's nuts. We need a commercial break. So it's Crash Bandicoot arriving at Nintendo headquarters in Washington. I remember this commercial. I also remember Nintendo sent me a promotional tape that like had more about this or something. Nintendo did? Yes. You mean they, PlayStation? No, Nintendo. A competing, they, they abducted Crash Bandicoot or something. What? Yeah, it was weird. So he taunts Nintendo with a megaphone. And then you can join the phone if you want to call the Psychic Hotline. It's 1-800-461-6679 for what? a free sample psychic rating. Why is the psychic thing was like the hot shit in the 90s? That and acne. Yeah. Or like two and, and, Miss SP, Cleo. and SPF. Yeah. There's a lot of 90s tropes, folks. And psychics on the phone are one of them. Anyway, uh... Here's a commercial for you. Arlene reaches for her cap. <laughs> Otis reach, Otis reaches for his air Remember filter. Him? Is that the guy from the radio thing? <laughs> but what they both have in common is that they use Bengay for their arthritis. Yes. Bengay, the choice of Otis. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get a commercial for Iron and Blood, some horrible looking video this games. This looks like the worst PlayStation 1 game. I've Awful. never even heard of it. And I'm like, you know me, I'm a pretty big gamer. You're a gamer. Yeah, um, I've never fucking heard of that game. Iron and Blood. Anyway, we go back to the announcers who recap Tito's injury there, and Karch says it was a sabotage. (laughs) This was an absolute sabotage, no question. 
Lord Al just forces in heel commentary trying to justify Bob Orton. I hate this. I hate this commentary. I hate his outfit. I hate everything. <laughs> I feel so bad that Lord is there. He's terrible <laughs> it's just here, a folks. Cash grab. And you know we like him, yeah. but he's awful here. Yeah. Anyway, Quinn, our next match uh, is seemingly a handicap match, but yeah, we'll, we'll this see. This is weird. It's Bob Bradley. Yeah, remember him? 82? Who we saw in '82. <laughs> versus Coco Beware and Tony Fucking atlas why pro wrestling the way it should be quinn this is how it should be it should have never been this way first of all (laughs) and i never want it to be this way again (laughs) so coco and atlas come out to birdman coco has his high energy pants on (laughs) tony atlas has some like red white and blue like singlet attire here it's really weird i have to again note yeah it it is fascinating that they can use the birdman song from like wrestlemania 6 wwf like music I guess Coco had rights to it at the he time must or something. have made that song himself and owned every bit of it. I guess. I also need to point out, you know, and this is real, the ring announcer, namely Mick, uh, Mick Car- Mike Crap, whatever his name is, yeah. he talks over every single ring announcement, which... Yeah, if you've ever watched wrestling, you're not like no one does that. <laughs> now Joe's upset because when we do these reviews, he has to like for the you know the notes he has to put who's wrestling, and a lot of times he just can't hear it. He literally couldn't hear who the people in the match were because Mick Harp's like, oh, I think you're so right about that. I can do the Al for okay. Let's do it right now. He's a guy who does wrestling and Isn't stuff. Your and, lordship. Yeah, man, your lordship. Uh, oh, is that uh, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, I wish they would have gotten Sean Mooney for this because at least they have chemistry, the two of them. Yeah. Oh, your lordship. What do you think of? Imagine Sean Mooney, Tony Atlas and here in his lordship on AWF. Now, Tony Atlas, your lordship. He's. <laughs> Looks like someone you wouldn't want to cross. Why are you so right, Sean? He can pick up a car over his head. So Bob Bradley's partner is finally introduced, Quinn, and it's it's fucking nails. And he's got music and yeah. boo! <laughs> yeah, the crowd is just like boo. And Nails still has the same jumpsuit on. He still sucks. And is that Dave Coulier on the know. ring crew? Yeah. Jeff Daniels, it was one of them. Anyway, Bradley, Bradley getting bold here. More like bold Bradley. Yeah, boldy. He attacks Atlas from behind, so Atlas just kicks his ass for a while as we get an insert promo from Gentleman Chris Adams and Chief Charlie Norris. Not not um not Jay Strombo. Not my favorite chief. Or imitation Jay. Yeah. They, it was real Jay. Shut up. And they taunt uh, Hercules and Mr. Hughes for next week. We'll see Hercules, more on them later. Hercules. Stop it. Can you believe Hercules is here? Are they kidding? Like, <laughs> like, the way you asked that. That is fuck. He looks too. terrible. Yeah. So Bradley like valiantly fights against Tony Atlas. Man, it's like we're watching eighty two. I know. I At- hate to have to keep saying it. But it's what true. the fuck? Two weeks in a row with this shit. I know. Shit. You're right. So uh, Atlas with a gorilla slam, as Carp calls it, or whatever his name is, Karch, for yeah. a very fast Koch. three count. Koch and Couch. Koch. Nails never got in the ring. Neither did Coco. Nails attacks Bob Bradley, and Mick Karch is acting all shocked. Like, dude, it's fucking yeah, Nails. Seriously. He's got a prison jump shoot on. You're you're yeah. astonished yeah. that he's going to attack somebody. Anyway, Lord Alfred forcing in more heel commentary. Oh, I'm glad he did that for yeah. whatever reason. <laughs> yeah, Give him my cares? fucking paycheck. Yeah. Stay- <laughs> I just I wish Lord Alfred could go sit in his chair. Seriously, he's like, oh, and not have to wear that puffy shirt that looks uncomfortable, terrible. Yeah, looks like Roy Rogers in a pirate shirt. It looks like you remember um, Fast Times at Ridgemont High when he had to work at the pirate place. Yeah, exactly. It's the same outfit. Even the vest is the same. It's real. Well, maybe they were doing a callback there. Anyway, standing by is Ken Resnick with Rico Suave. He's the big fat heel manager of with the company. With bad hair and yeah. like a wig or something. And the family. Um, and that's complete with a Godfather like imitation <laughs> yes. logo on the green screen. That needs to be noted. How, that's actually, I like it. 
It's very That's fine. Although I'm sure I'm not sure they didn't get sued. It's a little too close. It's a little too rough. Yeah. Anyway, you know, you want to know who the family is? The tag champs here? Yeah. Well, of course, it's Tommy Rich and Greg Valentine. Because why wouldn't we have 1982 yeah. wrestlers oh again? God. It's this. Is 1982 the source of all wrestling and we just like happen to stumble on it or something? You might be right, Quinn. This is unbelievable. Like, well, to me, it's pro wrestling the way it should be. Yeah, shut up. Valentine's hair is very long for him. Way too long. Shaggy. Very. This, it actually bothered me how long it was. Almost like it was a wig. <laughs> Rico, Rico Suave denies knowing who the Road Warriors are, and he puts over all the jobbers of the AWF tag teams, you know, in a very, like, proto-El Dandy promo. Yes, you it's, know? it's hilarious. I, he He's acting like the jobbers are really good, yeah. just like Brett. It's, yeah. You know, but he didn't have that who one... Who are you to doubt El Dandy? Yeah, exactly. And then, like, a... Like, I guess a rock and roller skater waitress lady, like Cherry, but very... Proto-Cherry. She looks like a donut, though. She's very mushy She's looking. She's like, I'm very glad to be in the AWA. Tee-hee. Yes. Like, it was... But maybe it's a man. I'm not no, sure. No, it's not a man. Are you sure it's not a man with a wig on and trying to do a girl voice? Maybe. It, it was possible. Well, we get a commercial, Quinn, for Gordon Furniture with... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we put this on the boards as like we were cryptically. watching. Yeah. yeah, so if you saw this picture of imitation Fred Ottman yes. sitting on a couch... Holy shit, this guy was fat. Now, you know what I liked about this commercial? What? He's, like, talking about the, how good the striped couch is with, by the way, the um, upholstered legs. Yeah, uh, upholstered with, legs. And... With the accent couch, but the camera while Fred Ottman's sitting on the couch or whatever, <laughs> yeah. like the camera actually pans to the left of him with the couch. Like the you never seat. like yeah. see that in a commercial. That's yeah, the camera really moved. Big, like like it's went off set or something. <laughs> well, Quinn, this set is only eight ninety nine, and you can get it at five Gordon Furniture locations. A couple are in Jersey, actually. Yeah. Anyway, then we get a commercial of a girl lecturing slightly younger boys about how to be on the school bus, and it's like be cool, follow the rules. Yeah, on the, the rules school bus. that Daphne or whatever her name is gets to go in first. What was her name? Oh, Carolyn Candace, something Candace. like that. Yeah, Candace. Candace. Sounds like the 90s. Yeah. Anyway, people. That is definitely <laughs> a name you name your daughter in the 90s. <laughs> it is. Uh, <laughs> people talk about voting and how it's cool to do that. And then we get a commercial for Cops Too Hot for TV, <laughs> Volume 2, Boobs, Violence. You know, it's cops. cops it's awesome. You know what the thing about this tape is? What? You actually believe them because cops yeah. is crazy enough that they would run into that and they couldn't put it on the air. Cops is a great show it overall. Really is. The concept of it, it is entertaining. Well, Quinn, we're back with Ronnie Twist. <laughs> oh my god. Versus this fucking guy. Versus some jobber. I don't know. It's probably the executioner. He's got a black mask yeah. on. Who the fuck is Ronnie Twist? What kind of name is that? Oh no. Is he Oliver Twist like great grandson or something? He like just that? looks like um I don't know, like, he looks uh, like rap is crap guy, like one of the guys that was in that crew. He's got the cowboy boots Let's on. go with Bobby Duncan Jr. Yeah, but with brown hair, and it's kind of curly. Kendall Windham then, yeah. all right? But <laughs> Mick Karsh needs to shut the fuck up because it's nonstop verbal diarrhea yeah. from a public toilet on the subway. He's like, <laughs> Speaking of really spectacular, Ronnie Twist makes his way to the ring. This young lion in professional wrestling about to do battle with the Super Destroyer. And interestingly enough, ladies and gentlemen, this was scheduled to be the time for our championship matchup. Tito Santana, one-on-one -on -one with Cowboy Bob Orton. We have not had an update as to the situation there. Tito's condition, hopefully that match will still take place before we...
Yeah. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. This is literally when you can't take it anymore. I'm so mad. I don't get mad anymore at wrestling, really, folks. But holy shit, this guy I, I've is never horrible. Seen, I haven't seen Joe get this mad in a while about Mick Karch and his talking. God, it's terrible. We have an insert promo from Conan 2000. Yes, Conan 2000. Is A, not Conan. Yeah. Two is not 2000. <laughs> no, it's Scott Putsky. <laughs> now, I was kidding. Scott Putsky! I was so confused because I'm like, is Conan is he Conan 2000 because like Conan the Barbarian's from like the past and he's like from the future four years in the future yeah or four something. more years what, Conan 2000 what the fuck is this the best part <laughs> is his catchphrase yes it's his name he yeah, just he, says Conan 2000 like at the end of his whole speech he's like Conan 2000 with like he, he puts like the DXX or something out. it's so confusing and it's Scott Putsky who sucks yeah he's no Ivan you know yeah. uh, let me put it that way uh, back to the ring twist with an arm twist and the referee I can't even make this fucking shit up it's somehow it's Billy Silverman because why not why wouldn't it be Billy why would he not has he been on every fucking thing like he must have been in every company ever seriously like, why is he always the ref somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Mick Karch is still like just one non- Shut the fuck up, <laughs> right? Just one run-on sentence the whole time. Even Lord Alfred's like accusing him of taking all the airtime. He he's wishing was. happy birthdays to people like he's Phil Rizzuto. Put it without breaking the sentence. Happy birthday wishes this week. Kathy Soto in Brooklyn, New York. Happy birthday to you. And already get well in a speedy recovery to our friend Marvin Lachman in Chicago, Illinois. A big fan of the American Wrestling Federation and also an hello to one of our biggest fans, and I mean that literally, to Ronnie Huddycut in Charlotte. Stop! God, anyway. It's so bad. The jobber's name, if you actually care, is Super Destroyer. No one cares. Destroyer does some destructive uh, stomps for a while. It sucks. <laughs> so we're both getting nervous now about this going to round two. Yeah, it's going way too long. Kick, punch, I'm losing my mind. <laughs> A kick gets it's a two count. Mind, yeah, yeah, I know. PlayStation sponsored. 20 seconds remain. A crummy elbow <laughs> drop gets two for the Destroyers. The round runs out. It's funny to a serious. Like, why is he having trouble? Why is he going to round two with a chopper? <laughs> uh, an insert promo from Sergeant Slaughter, who proudly says that the AWF is number one. <laughs> it's not. Just, no, it's not. Well, he's all happy that the LOD are here because you know what, Quinn? This is pro wrestling the way it should be. That's right. Sergeant oh Slaughter and the God. <laughs> When is this over? It's even reviewing uh, it is exhausting, Joe. Well, let's go to commercial. More Bandicoot, more psychics. <laughs> then uh, Claire Huxtable, Felicia Rashad. Yeah, we can't talk about she her. She gives anymore, us right? a very stern lecture on voting. Like I believed her. I was like, I'm sorry. I'm. You're right. I. We yeah. all need to vote because Claire Huxtable's the man. I mean, the woman, no. the mom. She's yeah. Don't you can't talk well, about that. I can talk anymore. about her. Yeah. Well, she's, she's good. not Bill Cosby. No, she isn't. But she's a very good person. Remember when she was also his wife on Cosby in the nineties? Yeah, it always confused me because I started to believe she actually really was his wife, IRL, as they say on the yeah, internet. Like, don't say that ever again in real life. Yeah, but you know what's great about her? Yeah. Fantastic actress. Yeah, she's good, good lady. Now, was she in anything else but the Cosby Show? Probably. Anyway, Quinn, TV you were movies. You were a little upset about the uh, commercial for the Jewish Renaissance Fair. I don't get this. Why? Like, Listen, I'm a little Jewish, but I I don't associate the Renaissance Fair with my people. With yeah, like, 
I, it's just not like a thing. I've known you 19 years. I've never heard you say my people with yeah. regards to Jewish people. <laughs> I'm just saying I, I have a little Jewish in me. Not a lot, but enough to say like, you know, I know some Jewish people and like Renaissance <laughs> Fair. That's not like a thing. Well, there's the Baal Shem Tov band. But, and uh, and food fair pony rides pony i just I, it's the renaissance aspect you don't think of like i would if it was like a you know like old testament uh fair or something the you know Torah what I mean? fair yeah, yeah Torah, sure. yeah. you know something like a that. dreidel fest quinn yeah. i get where you're going with it no that would make more sense to me or if we were celebrating um what's the one where the, the jewish holiday where the stuff ran out and they they lasted nine hanukkah? days oh hanukkah yeah Welcome to round two here yeah. as the super jobber is beating up Ronnie Twist, who still has a horrible name. Yeah. We get an insert promo with Hercules and Mr. Hughes and probably General Adnan. I think that's who it is. It, it sounds Ajad, like Shad, him. Ma- yeah. Ma- Majib. What's his name again? In like, What is the actual name? Adnan El Kasi or that, something like yeah, that. Yeah. You can find him on Sean Mooney's podcast in an interview that no one cares about. <laughs> anyway, an airplane spin by Twist into a Samoan slam for the win. I, I guess we can call that Quinn a twist ending. Yeah. <sighs> Stop. Anyway, Ken Resnick talks about the recent controversy regarding the tag match that happened between the team of Coco Beware and Tony Atlas against Who cares? Tommy Rich like, and Greg Valentine. Uh, here's here's a rundown for you, folks. Uh, Paul Alperstein, the president of the mm-hmm. AWF, he appointed a special referee, and that special referee's name was Virgil. Oh, yes, this. And uh, that match went all 10 rounds. Yep. Both ringside judges had a split scorecard, 6-4, to 4-6, four, four to six, mm-hmm. right? So the deciding vote went to Virgil, who uh, came in to talk about how he scored the match uh, nine to one for <laughs> Valentina Rich. Yes, and then Virgil, you know, brings out his official scorecard, and Ken Resnick's like, "What the fuck's wrong with you? Why would you do that?" And he's like, "I'm the referee, man. It's up to me." This Yakazuma, yeah. And then the crowd noise. I love the production. Completely goes away. It like, drops. Dead silence. But then it comes back. And then it comes back. And Kaz, someone probably like unplugged it or something <laughs> in post. They hit the. They just hit the off button. Yeah. On the, <laughs> they on hit the, the mute button. They have the same thing you have yeah. over there. And then Ken reveals, no, no, no. I saw you, Virgil, getting money backstage from Rico Suave. And Virgil's like, ah, no, you didn't. And that This is really yeah. funny, actually. I didn't expect him <laughs> yeah. to go this far with it. And Ken's like, no, fuck you. I have it on tape. So then we show the clip and there's like the TCR code yeah. on the bottom yeah, and everything. to make it look like. This is very proto, like, easy. W yeah. or like WCW well, even yeah and you were calling you were very commend uh commendative of Ken Resnick's you know abilities as a journalist oh, here very good instigate investigative report very good right yeah. then we get a rather seductive ab works by Nordatrack commercial you know the ab thing god this hit like a nostalgia funny bone for me like yeah. like I totally forgot this thing every adult had this like I forgot this was a thing I think my mom had it my mom had it there you go 90s man it was everywhere like this this stupid exercise thing it's essentially a thing that makes you do sit-ups it assists you in sit-ups but it's supposed to allegedly give you perfect abs and apparently I I remember some of the commercials at the time were saying you would it's like better than a sit up somehow. It's like bullshit it, because it like keeps you in the in the right like oh, motion. Put, put your feet under the couch like yeah. anyone else does yeah. to keep themselves stabilized. You can do sit ups for free. You don't need to buy a big bulky piece of equipment for four easy payments of twenty nine ninety five. <laughs> anyway, plaque is bad for you. This is an anti plaque commercial, Quinn. So use the fucking plaque's mouthwash, you fucking dirty plaquey asshole, and get your fucking plaque. I was out of here. confused because the like lady. It was like this weird close up, and it, even again, we had another weird camera pan in the commercial where it like went to the plaques. Well, it's the nineties, man. Shot. Cameras, Dutch angles. Yeah, it was strange. Anyway, uh, money, Graham Quinn. It's the better way to wire money. Yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. Back to the announcers. 
Mick says it's been a great week here in the oh, AWF. Oh, thank God it's over. Yeah. I'd hate to see a bad week in the yeah. AWF then. We did see a bad week in the <laughs> AWF. And he apologizes that we won't be getting to see the uh, Bob Orton Tito Santana title match that was scheduled. You know, well, mm-hmm. good because the show's out of time anyway. Yeah. So <laughs> it's a good thing that worked out. Imagine if that went to m- multiple yeah. rounds also. <laughs> Lord Alfred calls uh, Tito a big wimp. He's just forcing it with the heel commentary. I don't like him. I don't, it's too forced. In, yeah. You're right. Next week, though, Quinn, it's the debut of the Road Warriors. Wonderful. Lord Alfred, sound, like, he's trying to be genuine, but he sounds so unconvincing. He's like, yes, I'm very excited about that. <laughs> yeah, sure. Wow. I cannot wait for next week. The Road Warriors are so excited. Very excited for five minutes from now on the next thing we're doing. <laughs> and we uh, we sign off with Sergeant Slaughter dismissing us, just like he did last time. We watched this from a year and a half or two earlier or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yes. On an um, quick epilogue. epilogue to this show. As we talked about this Bob Orton Santana match, right? It didn't happen in this show. Damn. The thing is, this show aired on October 5th, 1996, 1996, right? Mm -hmm. I looked up the AWF title history. Yeah. So, apparently, (laughs) a live event, not TV. I didn't even know they had live events, the AWF, but they 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 didn't. That just means they didn't, like, turn the camera on that day. Okay. (laughs) Bob Orton won the title the same day this aired. And lost it back to Tito Santana the yeah. same day it aired. I don't know All what that's on October about. 5th. I don't know if that was like a multiple taping type of thing where like he won it at a taping that aired on October or whatever, know, but and then lost it back on a taping that aired later. That's probably like what how it was. They track Lucha Underground. Quinn, uh, AWF worse than last time. Honestly, worse oh, than it, I remember it. It had very much downgraded and it wouldn't be in business much longer no. uh, one more or two more months a few think. more months yeah, yeah. And then they deactivate the title in december 96 and i think it's all but done after Did that they try to continue it in some indie form i don't think so mm. so folks uh that's the awf from october 5th 1996 somehow still around and of course you can join us next week you know for another great romp through the world of retro wrestling we'll be doing the royal rankings week four something will be on quinn's mind and you can let us know what's on your mind in the meantime, by reaching us on Twitter at OVP Podcast, you can email us at ovppodcast@gmail.com. Do me a favor, join the group if you haven't yet. Leave a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts if you haven't yet. And if you want to donate, you can do that on patreon.com slash OVP Podcast. But until next time, I am Joe Murata. That is Michael Quinn, and you guys are dismissed. See ya. Great to be back in the American Wrestling Federation. You know, the fans have stood behind me. It's been fun. The competition is furious here. And I just can't wait. You know, it's getting so exciting. Get ready, baby. Corner 2000!